listen to Big Trouble in Little Podcast. Hello everybody, it is post-production dubs here. And before we get into this episode, welcome to season two. Uh, we are starting with Horror Fest here. Um, it's not the official title. Uh, we just like to change every holiday where we go like Horror Fest or Horror, you know, Marathon or whatever. Um, we're doing horror movies, and I am up first as far as my pick, which I chose Lake Mungo. Came out in 2008. Director Joel Anderson stars Rosie Trainer, uh, David Pledger, and Martin Sharp. Uh, just a quick synopsis. Strange things start happening after a girl is found drowned in a lake. And we had this mockumentary, uh, so... Let's get to the boys, uh, and they will take it away as far as Big Trouble Podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to season two. What the fuck was that? Oh shit! I almost died at the beginning. He skipped the fuck out of me. That was my stylophone. David Bowie wrote the demo for Space Oddity on one of those things. I have it. Oh, nice. it sounded like a cancel button, and I, it was very loud. Yeah, yeah, it was, was almost like that. Anyway, uh, guys, welcome to season oh. two of Big Trouble and Little Podcast episode. We're going to, like, continue. We're not going to do the weird TV show thing, like, when it ends the season. It's like, season two, episode one. We ain't doing that crap. We're just continuing the episode numbers, which is episode 254. I'm Joe Dubs. Hey, I'm Andy. I'm Chaz. I'm Zach, I guess. Yes. And you're going to be seeing a new format. Um, we're still sticking to the same thing, but it's going to be a little tweaked. And we are recording this. In September twelfth, uh, twenty twenty three, on a ten o'clock and it will ten oh seven, I should say, and this will be released in October because it's horror month, and that's why we're going to be doing a bunch of horror movies, and I'm number one on the list of Lake Mungo. Uh, let's get into this because there's definitely some highs and lows in this movie where. It's going to sound weird, by the way. Lake Mungo is like a documentary-style found footage type of movie. Mockumentary. And mockumentary, there you go. And I'm a sucker for these found footage mockumentary. Uh, the one with Mila, I always fuck up her last name. I'm just going to say how I like to say it. Djokovic, whatever. Djokovic, <laughs> whatever. Uh you know, encounters of the fourth kind, or I think it's called the fourth kind where they have like a mockumentary type of thing with aliens. Yeah. But anyway, look, Lake Mungo is about a family, their daughter, uh, drowned in a dam and weird shit happens in this movie. And they shoot it like a 
almost like a Netflix, like, you know, killer documentary type of thing. Like, what's happened to this family? What's going on? And all that stuff. Uh, so you have that stuff going on. But as far as, like, what I mean by lows in this uh, movie, it's, it's very authentic. It feels real to the point where it kind of gets a little boring at times. And then you're just like, all right, get to the fucking shit. And then they hit you with those boom, 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 fucking twists and turns in there that I kind of like the slow burning. But at the beginning, I was like, uh, this is like too good, too good of an acting and making it boring like it's a, an ordinary documentary. Uh, like, do you guys agree with that? Do you think it was like very authentic? Like you like you could tell in like found footage films and, and mockumentaries, like the acting is so terrible that you're just like, yeah, fuck off. <laughs> but this one is like I mean, in a real documentary film, it's not acting. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying if it, it the acting in it was like they were real people as far they, as real situations. They 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 worked you. Uh they they were working a, a documentary. <laughs> yes. And, and it felt it, the work was complete because it felt like yes, they're not they're not bullshitting you. They're trying to sell this as a a real documentary mocu- mockumentary. Apparently the actors they hired are like semi nobodies, right? I, it's an Australian film, so I don't know if I yeah. would have known any of the actors anyway. Yeah. No, I I, I found like little information that they were just like known uh like local actors in australia that they just chose to put in this film uh but like they all felt genuine <laughs> to the point where like oh here comes the psychic guy i bet you the father is gonna be like i don't trust this guy and i was right he doesn't trust him but he did it for the you know the kindness of the family because he wanted the wife to feel better uh but the the, the highs of this movie i think is definitely when it starts hitting you with twists and turns. Uh, example, the you know the the brother of the sister uh, and the son like photoshopped the, <laughs> the his sister into like photographies to like pretty much exhume the body so that they could check to see if you know that's actually her. And it was her. So, like, I, I dig that. And then there's, like, other things where you're just, like, did the father do something? Did the mother do something? Like, it kept you guessing, like... Was, was the father possessed play? by a demon? Yeah. <laughs> or, like, there was foul play. Like, you know, they they alluded to the mother, you know, n- not having a great relationship. But they were, like, the same, apparently. I, I didn't understand that part. Like, they had the same personality, but... The mother just like never showed the love kind of thing. But I, I want to hear your guys highs and lows of this movie. Andy, uh, do you have anything? Uh, I, I really want to talk about the, how it's uh, authentically shot. I like the fact that they used real locations, real film, like kind of real people. Like they are actors, but they aren't big actors. Uh, but uh, man, I, I kind of thought this movie was boring. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I want to like this movie. I think it's a cool premise, but they were like, oh, she was into some weird stuff. She was into weird stuff. And now she's a ghost. And then they start revealing it. And it's just like she had a three way with her neighbors and uh, she buried her phone and she's a ghost now. I was like, that's it. Like I was waiting for like, you know, like monsters or cults or something interesting. But I, I, 
I'm glad someone else said it. I didn't want to be the person to jump in and be like, Lake Mungo, more like Lake Dungo. But, sorry, I wanted to make that terrible joke. But, I don't know. I, I was waiting for this slow burn of something to, like, come out of nowhere and, like, oh, shit, this got real. And it never it never did that. It it just was, it felt like I was watching an old, like, like really drawn-out episode of Unsolved Mysteries. But australian so it was extra dry (laughs) but it was like extra dry and then but i was expecting more i was expecting something extra and then it just was that and i was like that that sucked (laughs) the the, the entertainment i did get out of it is every once in a while they'd say something in an accent and i'd say it back to the computer screen because i i was entertaining myself (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty much it i i again i want to i want to say oh it was it was well made i i uh i really like you know the, the authentic 2005 2008 film look to it uh that said i fucking can't stand the fact that when they're showing footage from inside the house it has that annoying electronic e in it because they're trying to be authentic take that shit mm. out Do it's not too put far that in your movie i hate that like I, I a couple times i reached over and just turned the volume all the way down and waited for the scene to end and then turned it back i just can't stand it i liked not 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 the sound but i did like the whole bad picture like 2005 grainy ass fucking phone like nokia phone <laughs> bullshit that they were doing mm-hmm. uh and then also the the bad cameras in the house and stuff because there's a part in the film where uh matthew like crops out like certain items in the room and puts like her face in it and they like stood there for a good like I want to say four minutes of looking at like this mirror on top of a cabinet kind of thing. And I'm like trying to look at the fucking screen. I'm like, what, what are they seeing? Is, is the, is there a face in there somewhere? But thank God they kind of like show later on that, like that's what he did. And it was clearer for some strange reason on another shot. Uh, But I also digged the whole creepiness of seeing like a figure in the background. Um, And I did look because I, I, I love found footage. I love paranormal activity. I am one of those fucking stupid people that like eat those movies up like Blair Witch Project. And my eyes is scanning through the thing. Now, the one thing I missed is when at the end of the film later, they uh, show the, the Photoshop picture and then they like pan to the right. And she's actually, you know, there yeah, for real. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, I forgot where I was going with this, but I, I I I liked that creepiness, and especially when they went to the Nokia phone, where that that's the, another thing that I kind of just hated. There was like artsy fartsy bullshit where you're just like death is chasing me, and I know it. And then like she like goes on her Nokia phone on the beach, and that thing that was creepy. I will say it was creepy, and the, that was the only fucking jumps- best part of the movie. Yeah, the, the only jump I mean, scare the in the closest, movie. It was the closest thing to shit getting real, and then and not, like it still just happened, right? I, I don't I, know. I, I, I think felt like were... I, this movie lost my attention a, a ton of times. There was something funny though. Uh, I it lost my attention because it had already done the same thing two or three times where they show the still shot of her like somewhere in the house, and it's it just takes that unsettling moment to show it for you to. Oh, there's something there, and they start talking more about it, and then they they got to the moment where they show this person like that's not her. Who is this man? And 
I at this point I'm like, oh whatever. I got distracted and I'm like looking around. I'm I can't remember what I was doing. I'm just sitting there on my couch, probably looking at my phone or something. And then I look up and there's just a sex video up. And I'm like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> <laughs> These people have a three way. Did I miss something? <laughs> so I had to rewind it because I didn't have any context. I just saw three people having sex. I was really confused. So uh, yeah. I and that was funny because I was like, ah, but that it wasn't intentionally funny, right? It was yeah, <laughs> and it, it, they did like the transition of like, oh, it was the neighbor who was, you know, the couple having sex with this, uh, you know, I don't even know what age she was during that time. That could have been like some fucking weird pedo shit, but uh, it sounded it, like they were trying to imply that she was underage, and. But they never really directly said that. But then when the authorities were getting involved, it, it made it sound like it was either a, potentially a statutory rape versus if they were trying to assume it wasn't consensual. And he invites girls to like the pool and shit. And like they talked about like they, you know, the girls in the neighborhood are like, he's a nice guy and everything. And I'm like, uh, something's fucked up with that guy. Like, I, I I will say I think the director and, and if there was a writer to this Same I guess there's a writer, um, they were showing something sad in my opinion because it was a relationship with the mom and they also did like this alluding that like the mom her mom had the same personality and traits so like it the it's going to be passed along and anything but anyway it showed. Because you know the part where Ray, the the psychiatrist, and that's like oh, Jesus Christ, what's his fucking thing? Uh, uh, psychic guy. Psychic. There yeah. you go. Um, he's talking to Alice and then talking to the mother, and they like do this like weird time thing. Like apparently before she fucking died, like she saw her mother come through the fucking door after she was hypnotized and stuff. And the only thing I got out of that was the 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 daughter never got to express her love to the mother and then the mother never got to express the love to the daughter in some way and i guess that was kind of like an opening and the ending was kind of fucked up because well the way you look at it i guess the family moved on like the grieving process was done they all decided like hey you know we we did it. we found out these secrets maybe that's what she was trying to show us and, you know, that's the time for us as a family to move on. But then they also, do, like, do this edit where she's expressing her dream um, to Ray. I'm talking about Alice, the, the daughter and stuff. And the mom is leaving the house, meaning moving out because they're moving on. And she's like, oh, she's leaving. And it kind of, like, felt like she's stuck in this afterlife kind of thing, stuck in a house while her family's moving on. So I kind of got like a, almost like a bad ending for the, the daughter, but a great ending for the, the family kind of. Uh, vibe they said, they said when they came back from digging up her phone, it felt like the house was empty or, or I can't remember what they said, but they were like, Oh, finally she, we, we found what she wanted us to find. Now she's at peace or something. I don't know. Yeah, so I like I. That's where the artsy fartsy stuff comes in, where it's like we're gonna be this horror found footage film. Which again, I the only horror part I found was when she meets her dead self on the beach. Like that's that's the only creepy part. I guess that's supposed to be the twist. Is 
what's the guy say the the future came looking for or something yeah uh, kind of interesting but they don't do much with it until like the last 15 minutes or so yeah and that's where i think the highs are like when it starts to finally get those storyline beats because again just to reiterate like it kept me guessing on like if there was foul play uh and why the son did that like the the followers were like really calm <laughs> to the son and also the mother who was having like a a situation going on so i was like i don't know maybe he did slap around him <laughs> and then like they didn't show that on camera but I, I thought that was weird i wonder what the uh the filmmakers would have done with a bigger budget i wonder if maybe some of it's because it wasn't it made for like thirty thousand dollars or something i looked it up at some point well, twenty nine thousand eight hundred fifty Australia bucks. However much that is in real money, I don't know. Yeah, so twenty nine thousand dollar dues. Twenty nine thousand dollar dues. Zach, what's your highs and lows about this movie? <clears throat> uh, I actually, uh, I watched this movie a couple years ago, um, because I was watching Red Letter Media. And Jay mentioned it and they were talking about some other movie. And he said, it was like, it was, it was like a really unsettling movie or something. I'm like, okay. If he says that, that makes me want to kind of see it. That's weird. Normally he's like Mr. Mr. Crazy pants. As far as movies go. Well, I'm kind of like perturbed. Cause I, I, like I said, I like this movie. I'm kind of weirded out that both of you, I feel like I'm not sure. I don't know what it is. Do you guys generally not like found footage kind of movies and shit? Um, you, you and Chaz, I'm, I was under the I impression that you not. didn't. Yeah, I guess I don't. I can't really think like I've never been like I fucking hate fan fetish movies. It's just I can't really think of anything I like. Uh, I didn't hate Cloverfield. Um, that's all, that's all I can think of. You, you like Paranormal Activity? <laughs> eh, not really. Well, that Blair Witch. I I never sat through the whole thing. Hmm. That that was the big one I know. That's the one I should have seen, if any of them. But I like saw part of it with some friends one time, and then another part of it in college at some point. And I think I've seen at least eighty percent of the movie at some point. And it was just seemed like a bunch of the same shit again and again. Yeah, but it's I don't know. It's just that's just my taste. It's just that's all. I'm not like that's movie sucks. I, I just I was bored by it. Chaz, what about you? Did you are you a fan of fan footage or? Nah. Yeah, I mean, in, in general, uh, I mean, I like Paranormal Activity. Blair Witch was fine. I, I like Cloverfield. Like, I'm not like head over heels in love with any of those three specifically, but they're they're fine movies. Yeah. Uh, what's the um? Oh, is it called Quarantine? Was that the movie? Uh, yeah, quarantine is the American version. Rec R E C is the Spanish version. Yeah, but that's 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 that was pretty good. Was that I always heard that one was cool. I yeah, it is. That's see, a, that's a neat one. Yeah, I always wanted to see what was it Apollo eighteen? It was like a found yeah. footage horror movie on the moon or something. I always wanted to see that. And I never did. Oh, never that, that's another that. one. It's on my yeah. list. George, I haven't watched it. George A. Romero did Diary of the Dead. That was a found footage zombie movie. Well, yeah. I don't think it's the found footage part. I think it's just more that the story just felt very dry. And, and again, don't get me wrong; it's not a bad thing. It's just for what I was watching. I, maybe I had an expectation because of 
you know, it's it's horror month. We're leading off and we're starting with this. And I'm I'm looking for something big to happen and then it just never happens. I think it's I think that's what happened in this movie. And so I don't even know if I'd classify this movie as a horror movie more than I would just calling it like a found footage or a paranormal movie. Would that like make a true sense? crime ish kind of- This is what I was trying to get at though at least is like, yeah, I feel like maybe there is like an expectation of something greater than what this movie was really ended up becoming. Yeah. All I went in was, was with this vague description that this was an unsettling kind of movie or something. I was like, all right. And I watched it by myself in the dark at night. Nobody was in my house. And mm-hmm. uh, I kind of got into it. And yeah, it is kind of weirdly unsettling if you get really get into like that found footage ghosty kind of shit. And that's what this is, essentially. Mm-hmm. It's just a ghost story. It's just a mm-hmm. ghosty story. It is. And yeah, absolutely. What, yeah. Is, what is any more classically spooky Halloween than a ghost story? Uh, more. I mean, less. maybe. I, I yeah. I, I guess again, it was that expectation of I don't know. I, the movie I kept comparing this to that I've watched recently, even though it's not a found footage movie, is Hereditary. Oh no! <laughs> and I, I only say that because the the movies start in a very similar setting. They both yeah. start. They both start with a what is considered a normal family go through a series of really unfortunate events and it leads with a mother or the matriarch who has this weird link where she's similar to her mother but they're kind of estranged and she didn't have a great relationship with the like there are some parallels there but they are nothing alike and especially because i'm like well i'm waiting for some psycho shit to happen and it just didn't happen right that doesn't mean it's bad it's fine uh, but I, that, I think that killed it for me. Um, so maybe I, I just had the wrong expectation coming into it. I, I, I definitely okay. had the wrong expectation coming into it. He said, we're going to watch Lake Mungo, a movie I've never even heard of. And I heard the name Lake Mungo and my brain was like, oh, sweet. Like a monster movie. Like, yeah. Like, like, creature <laughs> from the Black Lagoon, Lake Placid. Lake Placid. <laughs> when I, I was, was- I saw and, then, and then it started, and I was like, oh, wow, I was way wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, just had, I just had no idea. I didn't know what it was. And then yeah. as it went on, I was like, oh, this is Twin Peaks. And then it never got weird and interesting like Twin Peaks. I was wrong, <laughs> wrong again. <laughs> that, that's, that's, the thing. That, that is the other thing. It did get a little Twin Peaksy, and I was waiting for something else to happen because it kept leading you on, and it just never quite... Yeah, this it's, girl it's was killed, like, and it turned out she was like promiscuous and I'm also gonna, she had secrets and i'm gonna use a really bad surrounding her death then they go the ghost story route. i'm gonna use a bad analogy but i, I think it's it fits it's apropos so it's kind of like watching a magic trick and that person that's showing you the magic trick really thinks it, it's gonna sell really well and like they're like they've built you up to the expectation and then they do it and it's just like ooh, 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 look at that! They're together, and then they come for it. How does he do it? Yeah, I'm making a SpongeBob meme, but but the, it was like seeing that, and then I'm like, oh, that's SpongeBob all it was. Fortnite. Yeah, sure. What are we dropping? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I I I don't know. I just. It, it something fell flat for me, and I and my weird squirrel brain was like, nah, I got way too much caffeine in for me, into me for this, so I moved on. But just, it is it, it was fine. Maybe going back and watching it, I, it does have like those little creepy vibes, and I I agree with Andy looking for positives in it, like the way they shot it, it's kind of cool. It um it, it was robbed a little bit 
as far as my viewing goes, because I had originally meant to watch it last night. You know, when it's much like Zach described, I live by myself. I was going to watch it in the dark, but uh, the power went out in my town yesterday and didn't come back on until the middle of the night. So I watched it today in a hurry after work in the middle of the day. So it's, you know, it's just circumstances. I'm going to call a, a, a audible here and said you could have broke the david lynch rule probably watched it on your phone and i almost did fine. i, I, I been... brought it up on my phone and i was like david lynch is gonna spin in his non-existent grave no but, that would have but... been one movie where i think it would have enhanced like when i told you this is the kind of movie you watch on your computer monitor this is like... no i just about did it but uh because the power was out all over town everyone was on the cell network all at one time so yeah. my phone was being slow and it got down to 20% and I had no way to charge it. And I needed it as an alarm. If the power stayed out all night, I said, I, I can't watch a movie on my phone. It's not going to work. Yeah. I will say, Zach, I'm glad you messaged me and said that because I have the, of course the option. I could watch it on my, my monitor. I could have watched it on uh, my TV and I watched it on my computer monitor. And that I think helped a little bit more. Because if I'd have watched it on my television, I wouldn't have paid any fucking attention. I think it's, I would have just lost. I would have been lost completely. <laughs> I feel like I was on, because, like, I watched it on my TV, of course, because, I don't know, it was whatever. But, like, after I was done, mm. I was like, I, I got into all the, the weird uh, meta aspects of it, so to speak. Like, it's a mockumentary. It's 2008 entrenched in, like, mid-aughts tech I marked out like for the Nokia phone. The the filming that that was still my favorite. I still that uh, that fucking part I'll get to in a minute. But uh, like all that stuff, and then like I don't know. I, I'm like I like weird trappings of like certain eras of like media or something like that. And like, mm-hmm. like you know, I, I'm like one of those guys that can play old game on CRT shit like that because uh, it feels different. It feels better. It's like vinyl. Uh, Watching a weird mockumentary like this feels like something you accidentally find on YouTube when you're just fucking around on your computer. That, that's kind of like the mindset I was in. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I got into I, I was I'm a big sucker for like those weird found footage kind of movies too, and I got into like fucking ghost shows for a period a very long time ago when they first started. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and it like it all kind of reminds me of that kind of stuff. And, uh, uh, that's, that's what, how, what I got. I got my enjoyment out of it from that really. Uh, but the part where, yeah, she's, she's like on that school trip or whatever. And then like the, the, her future self as a dead drowned corpse shows up on her shitty Nokia phone. Like I wasn't expecting that to happen. And when it happened, like, like I said, that whole atmosphere I built up where it was like, I'm in my house by myself in the dark. It's like fucking midnight. I was watching this. I was like, well, holy shit, that was a good one. <laughs> it was, that was a good little, uh, I wouldn't call it a jump scare. It's just like it happens and it's like really unsettling and strange. Well, there, there was like one part where like this, it like fast forward and the face gets into the camera and she drops her phone type of thing. That it was like the only. Of, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, it reminds me of PT when like the, the ghost grabs you and fucking like shoves your face into your, your camera face, your, your mm-hmm. eyes. <laughs> And but yeah, just to reiterate about the Twin Peaks stuff, I want to say it's Twin Peaks light because they like throw some like weird stuff to like that uh 
psychic i don't know i don't know about him i don't trust him yeah and then me too yeah then they I do just, like the last name is like the biggest thing like my brain just like locked i didn't really that. i didn't really make that connection before when i watched it until andy was saying something about it, it makes me want to watch twin peaks i was like oh, i guess you're right about that I, i've had twin peaks on the brain anyway so it, it kind of yeah. it was it was teed up it's always on my brain oh well you should have noticed then <laughs> well, i didn't <laughs> That's why it's always on my brain in the background. I just also want just to white point. noise. This is white noise in my head. I want. I also want to point out that like the family denies like church help, but then goes to a psychic. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that makes that makes total sense in the modern day. Everybody hates the church, so I read I on know. Facebook that this psychic's really good. We're gonna go to him. Yeah, the new the new religion is is science, I guess. I I like it, it did get a little weird like when she went into the her journal or by the way it's her journal but like it's a calendar it's a planner or whatever I guess it's a planning journal I guess uh then like you see Ray's like business card I'm like oh man please don't tell me she's fucking the psychic <laughs> because damn that would if it was Twin Peaks, that's what would have been happening. That, that's remember, what would have been. That's what would have happened. Yeah, <laughs> Chaz, you've seen it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, yeah. You uh, remember? She's fucking her her doctor. She's fucking Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I see. Uh, the more we keep talking, yeah, the more it's just what it is. But we're gonna turn I, this into a Twin Peaks discussion <laughs> for twenty five minutes, and then we're gonna quit. Yeah, <laughs> and then we're gonna say, "Do you recommend it?" Now, nah, you guys should just watch Twin Peaks. <laughs> just watch Firewalk with me if you need a movie that bad. I, I think me and Zach are such marks for uh, found footage. I think we found a little enjoyment because even though I said it's a little dry as far as like the you know the mockumentary, I kind of like digged it in a way. Whereas like I'm bored, but like now things are getting very true crimey to the point where I'm just like I want to I want more information. Keep on feeding me. Yeah. It's really it's really weird too because like you said this looks like a Netflix kind of a documentary yeah. or one of those true crime things and this predates that by like yeah. several years like that's that why I trend. said that's why I said more like unsolved mysteries like yeah, it reminds me of watch, good, yeah. no it reminds me of literally sitting as a kid and watching like that or like watching those old uh, like again not even so much a paranormal thing it is it's like. It's more like they're doing a documentary of like what happened, who done it, trying to figure out like just what happened and and you know trying to cope with that tragedy. And then it turns out that okay, there is some paranormal stuff that just happens as they're following that. More, um, but like the like actual pacing it follows is no different than if you like watch what is it, the ID channel invasive investigation discovery or something like that. It mm-hmm. reminds me a lot of those where you, and then all out of nowhere you'd find out like oh yeah the the brother actually found out about. The neighbors and he yeah. was he he like blackmailed her and it didn't work out and he got really mad because uh, he was missing out on some inheritance or something so he killed her and then and then you find out like it's like that and I think some twist or Eric goes some ape shit route and it turns out the psychic actually possessed her at the start and he's like some <laughs> like I, I'm saying like that's I was expecting something some weird change or direction and it just never happened but yeah. it doesn't mean it's bad not every movie needs to go that way it's just it it uh, made me think about like watching like the sh- when when like TLC and the ID and these other channels got really shitty 
and like I was watching just like an afternoon block and it was a you know an unsolved mystery and then it went right into like ghost adventures or something. Yeah. That that yeah, it's that's that's exactly what it felt like. It's like a, a transition. They did like one of those special double features where unsolved mysteries and ghost adventures got together and did an episode. Yeah, like, <laughs> we're gonna set up our our high tech cameras in the family's house and we're gonna see if we can capture evidence of paranormal <laughs> activity. And this predates that fucking trend too. Is what's funny. <laughs> Like back then, yeah. that kind of shit was only uh, confined to uh, Sci-Fi Channel uh, Ghost Hunters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That no, it. It's it, it is it, it's 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 a neat premise. I um I don't know. I I think I think you got to be in the right mindset to like it, and also you have to have certain you know predilections to like yeah, it's that much, kind of thing. I think if you're watching this movie with any expectation or knowing anything about it, well, I guess it's a if you just go completely in the dark and you have no expectation it's going to go somewhere, maybe that takes away. It's almost like if you watch Saw and someone told you the ending to Saw and you watch Saw, it's like, well, that wasn't like, okay, that happened. And even then that's like a twist, right? But like it's after, you know, it's kind of flat. It's not really that great. But then, you know, straight up, like if you've already listened to this episode, it's too late for you anyway. But straight up, if someone wanted to watch this movie, I would say, "Hey, read the synopsis on Google and see if you want to watch it." Yeah, actually, I, that's that's a good way to recommend it. If if it's if you're in the found footage, you're like, "Oh, it's a found footage thing about a girl drowning and then mysterious ghost shit happens." I might like this movie. I you know, maybe get in the right head space. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. It's like I'm. Um, yeah, that too. It's very funny. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I'm looking at like feedback and just like how Zach said about red letter media and all that stuff of being like disturbing. You have Jordan Peele stated in a podcast with I don't know, KK, Kiki, Palmer, uh, <laughs> that Lake Mungo is one of the uh, one of the movies that scared him the most. Really? And I'm like, uh, I wonder if he's just like blowing smoke up the person's ass uh, who directed this movie. Cause like, I mean, maybe he just saw it in the right circumstances or maybe he's, yeah, he did different people were spooked by different things. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, if you're really, if you really caught up in this movie and had no idea it was going to be a horror movie and you watched it or just, a ghost story it. or anything. Yeah. No, that that's the way to watch it. It's truly watch it blind. Uh, and have no expectation of what it's going to be or any anything. The literal fact that we watched it during a month of watching what I expect to be horror movies because last again I, I only have to go on what we watched last year. Unless you guys watch a lot of other movies that are kind of like this, that are just that that spooky paranormal, but don't really go to any route of like slasher. We watched a bunch of slasher movies last year, right? Like there's a bunch of people just like a lot of people got murdered. In brutal mm-hmm. ways. So I'm expecting that when we're watching this genre of movie, and then this doesn't fit that. But that doesn't mean it's we'll get bad. around to it. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get to the killing, but that's that's a different thing. And so I think when I'm looking at that, I'm like, well, this movie is different than than that movie. Uh, I think it and- just has a sad tone. Like it's about grief more than a, a ghost story in a sense. Like the ghost story is in the background, and in the foreground is this family having uh, grief. 
Absolutely. That's somebody what I'm saying. Has to be, somebody has to be a ghost for you to ha- have grief over them. I was, yeah, it's, well. it's just a drama. It's a detective thing, and it's got like staccato beats of horror in it. Again, I, I'll, I'll be, stop it. He's already dead. You know, but I'm beating the horse. But really, it's just that, yeah, I get it. There's grief there. And I, maybe I would have been more uh, in tune with that if I was going to, okay, or what, what's going to happen? Like, where's the turn? When, when's the. When's everyone going to get put in a room and a ritual is going to happen and all their blood's going to be drained out? <laughs> like, that's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for bullshit. Nothing happened. So then I was like, oh, well, that wasn't what I expected. Well, I was I... lied to. <laughs> but no one ever told me that, right? That's, that's nobody's fault. You told yourself that. You lied to yourself. I, I, did, I did. It's my fault. Like, I, I built this <laughs> expectation of what this movie was going to be. You got, you got to quit lying to yourself. You got to quit yeah. giving yourself delusions. So, like, I do give it respect to the point where I'm like, is this, like, like Ch- how Chaz is saying, like, is this going to get, like, spooky and stuff? And then it, like, d- does, like, a whole thing, like, debunking. He's like, oh, the sun was taking pictures. Oh, you know, there was a fucking neighbor breaking and entering into a house to get a sex tape out of a chimney area. Uh, and then, you know, the whole Ray was doing... Uh, sessions with the daughter and stuff and then at the end they're just like hot bitch she was there the whole fucking time <laughs> as a ghost just chilling so like i kind of give respect that where it wasn't full on the table this is a ghost story kind of thing and i kind of mm-hmm. like that yeah i know i that it is a cool premise like they're every turn they're like oh no this is bullshit like they are finding a logical explanation for every little thing but at the end, it turns out really it was this. But Whoa. I just I just expected for mass murder to happen, and it didn't. So <laughs> it doesn't have to be mass murder. Yeah, but she just wanted every movie to be a mass murder. Yeah, that that was the thing I didn't get necessarily. Is she's like in a in a tight spot because of this weird stuff with that couple, and she keeps having dreams about dying, and she you know the the future's coming to get her or whatever. She sees the her doppelganger water dead person did did so did she drown or did she commit suicide or what specifically did happen to her that's ambi bit ambi i can't even say the word ambiguous Ambiguous. yeah Yeah. shrouded in ambiguity all right all right because i i thought the same thing i'm like well they're kind of showing that she probably didn't want to have sex with the fucking uh couple uh it, it just sounds like some emo teenager stuff in a way. Oh, excuse me. Everybody but see, like, that, it is, there wasn't anything, like, at the end, I really did think, trying to give it benefit of the doubt, too, like, looking at the, the picture, did, whatever happened to her, was it just so disturbing that, like, pushed her into, like, it was, like, a death mark? Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Well, she like, had she, dr- seemed, she had dreams she, she was going to drown, so she drowned. Like, she, well, that's the thing, is, like, did it just drive her that crazy that that was the whole thing, and then, like, you could have this whole premise of Okay, if this particular instance happens and you see this type of spirit, you 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 basically have it's a death mark. You've been marked by the the future of your own ghost, and you you were doomed to fall into that. And you don't realize that you're already cursed by that fate to have it happen. And you kind of drive yourself to the insanity of whatever that tragedy is. So because she did all all that shit and stuff, she's like trying to get rid of it because she's yeah thrown off. Yeah, the ring. It it, like it kind of feels like that, right? It's I don't know. I, I think the main thing as far as like what was the point 
is it it comes down to the mother and the daughter like they couldn't express their feelings to each other because it was too late she fucking drowned and died and stuff and the mother finally wanted to show compassion when her daughter is dead uh and that's why they had that moment of you know the sidekick doing those sessions and stuff where in her mind in the mother's mind she's not in a dream anymore because they're moving on their their grieving is done they want to move on in in the in the daughter's dream she still sees the mother but the mother is leaving the house so what you're saying is is that it's a movie about resolving unfinished business so someone can move on from the afterlife like they can actually move and be at peace um, there's, there's this film in 1995 called Casper it's so much better no, this it. movie is from nineteen eighty nine called Ghost with Patrick Swayze. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's let's put this movie to rest. Yeah, one it. Yeah, Whoa. I'll be I'll be quick. I just I'll go ahead and do it. I I don't recommend this movie. I uh, I, I don't recommend it. But yeah, honestly, if it's the kind of movie that you like, I think it is a good example of that. If that makes sense. Yeah, I, and I and again, yeah, I have the same caveat of okay, maybe maybe I watched it just in, within the wrong setting of things. Maybe it deserves a second watch for me before I I completely put it to rest. But it'll take a while before I come back to it. So for now, it's a I wouldn't recommend it. Don't force it. Just let it happen whenever it happens. Yeah, one day I'll just be on YouTube just looking random shit up, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go back to that Mungo. Let's see what happens with Mungo. I give it a light recommendation. Um, I don't think this is something you strive for October to go see. Um, and there's many other found footage films that you could watch uh, that is better than this. I will admit that. Uh, better mockumentaries. Like, again, Andy, check out The Fourth Kind with Mila. Uh, I think. <laughs> What's the. <laughs> you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind with Melia Jovovich. And that's actually one of her more notable movies, too. Uh, mm-hmm. that movie. Yeah, it, it, Does she it, wear it, skin tight latex in it? Or? No, she's dressed normally. She's dressed oh. like a normal person. Well, then why? Why what? No, uh, <laughs> she's trying to have a career. Have you guys ever watched uh, Strange Wilderness? No, I don't no. watch stupid don't shit. So. Okay, so it's a comedy movie that is a parody. <laughs> It's a parody of a of a, a group of people that are trying to make a found footage movie about finding Bigfoot, and it's really dumb. And it has Justin Long and um, oh, what's Steve Zahn. Uh, it has uh, what's the what's the guy that like looked like he was like sixteen, but he was actually forty. Uh, Jonah Hill. It's when he's fat. It has fat Jonah Hill before he, he like evolved into a like, grouchy uh, Venusaur. But uh, <laughs> what is what he looks like? Anyway, he it has them in, and it's a really dumb movie. And like occasionally they're doing the found footage stuff, but it has one of the funniest endings. Is that these people have this great mission to find him? So, like honestly. Like, like they are in love with the idea of Bigfoot, right? So they're in love with the idea of finding him, and and they think it's majestic and wonderful. And spoilers, spoilers! If if you're hearing me, they didn't want to like get some type of like they were looking for the fame of it, but they legitimately just wanted to prove it because they were like, we want to prove he's real because this will be awesome. Well, they're about to give up, and they find him in a cave, and they get scared, and they like 
out of nowhere pull out all of these guns and they shoot the bejesus out of Bigfoot and kill him. Oh. It's really <laughs> fucking funny. Didn't they see <laughs> Harry and the Hendersons? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, but that's not a found footage movie. All right, all right. You know, what, you know, the ghostly stuff in this movie did make me think about something, and as long as we're talking about, like, as long as we're getting off on side tangents anyway. Dubs, yeah. do you remember when we watched Ghost Story? Yes. It was years ago. I still think about that movie all the time. It's just, it's so melancholy and so interesting. And it's so indie. <laughs> it's very indie. It's yeah. shot in four by three, for crying out loud. But, really? uh, wow. It's I don't know I, I recommend it now that that's a ghost movie right there it's not scary it's just man what's going on it's wholesome oh, man, it, it's going it's taking me on a journey I'm on a journey with this ghost right. I love it it's right great. see that's that's my thing is ghost movies don't have to be horror movies I don't really see this as a horror movie as much as I do the the other way but it, it's okay I don't know yeah this, I'm moving this one, on this one plays with like fear of the unknown a little bit but it's not scary it's it's uh it's a very good movie I like it a lot yeah. Zach, what about you? What's your, uh, I, rec- it- I, I do recommend this movie. Uh, uh, ghosts are part of, of horror. <laughs> but, uh, like, no, I guess, like I was saying earlier, uh, if you like the found footage kind of things, mockumentary things, um, the kind of stuff I, I was talking about previously, uh, just give it a shot. Uh, don't. Just, just watch it. Just go in blind. Yes, <laughs> that's my thing. I usually go in blind on all movies. I don't, I don't have any expectations except for when there's been decades of people talking about a movie forever, and then it builds up expectations in my brain, and then I talk about how I wasn't as impressed by them. I'm sick of hearing about Valley of the Dolls. I'll watch it already. Blah. Yeah, that was Seven Samurai for me. Valley mm-hmm. of the Samurai. Oh, that's fair. So. I added, I, this, I added this thing. Uh, you don't have to do it right now since it's, it's the first movie. Are you guys putting this movie anywhere on your personal ranking yet? Or are you going to be like, this, I know this is going to be shit. This is going to be number We're ranking uh, five movies, right? I'll yeah. put it at number seven. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, I, three. Is it three? There, I don't know what, what it's better or worse than at this point. I oh. do. I, I Of the movies we are going to watch, oh, actually, I've seen. I've watched I've watched all the movies that we're watching except for one. So I yeah, this movie's gonna be five for me. Unless Reanimator just is completely under my expectations. I I have high hopes for Reanimator though. I do too. Yeah, it's been hype for me. Go ahead and have your your, your ridiculous expectations for that movie. It's fine. (laughs) But uh indulge. (laughs) <laughs> we should do we should do a bonus one like that time where we all watched tombstone and we didn't need to we should, <laughs> just, just have like a boat like an extra credit some random extra credit movie of what yeah. i don't know we'll talk about it off air yeah we'll pick a, a horror movie to rotate on extra, a bonus <laughs> extra credit yeah i like extra credit watch the thing for the thousand time i don't mind that but yeah we already graded <laughs> it uh firewalk yep. with me <laughs> oh lord that is a horror movie i suppose it was on my list for a while what's, but I what's that movie well we can watch leprechaun in the hood if you're really trying to get like mungo to not be I'm the down. bottom i'll watch Leprechaun. you already picked that. fucking freddy versus jason that's that's something that's already covered i i, I well no leprechaun in the hood and freddy versus jason are those are two different flavors of ice cream my friend anyway no. if it's not clear next week you <laughs> uh, need to watch reanimator from 1984 
Five. Five. I was so close. Oh my goodness. No watch so animator. There's no way it's good. Yeah. Expect great things. And if it's not, if it doesn't like knock your socks off, please send mean emails to Zach. Yep, harass him. <laughs> it's his fault. Send me emails that I don't give a shit at gmail.com. And by the way, I'm not putting uh, the movie in any current ranking. I'm doing, I'm going to wait a little bit, even though <laughs> I see I wait. the list. I mean, I know this one's going to probably, I don't, well, I don't know. I haven't watched Freddy vs. Jason yet, but so far it's, it's, uh, it's out there in the ether. It's I'm going to stick, I'm going to stick in the theme of the movie and close, close out to be hateful, just be funny, but I'm going to put it in a plastic bag and I'm going to bury it in the ground and never come back to it. But, and mm. then I'll die. Yeah. Look at this. It's worthless. And I then I'm going to drown. <laughs> bury in the sand for 10,000 years and it becomes priceless. And I hope Little I don't drown. Neighbors. God, drowning would suck. I don't want, that'd be the worst way to die. What? Uh, I mean, it'd be one of the worst. It's drowning not a very peaceful death. I die. Nope. Not that I've seen. <laughs> there's, there's worse ways to die, like poison. You know, you could be poisoned. Depends um, on the poison. Some poisons yeah. just go to sleep. Poison deaths are very fucking painful. I, I mean, there's it's, hundreds it, of kinds of poison. Yeah, there's several different ways to give someone a lethal dose of something and it just kills them without them feeling anything. Like you, unless you're unconscious, you're gonna you're gonna feel the part of drowning, even if it's brief. Like being burned alive would suck unless it's hot, hot enough that you instantly don't feel it anymore, and then you melt. Like, oh yeah, the fumes knock you like, out. They, what they if say you burn people at the stake sometimes. Like, what if you're an astronaut and you get your cord cut, you die that way. You just, just starve to death out in space and you float and die. That's fucking I mean, pretty awful. That that cord, would you're gonna in theory would yeah that would be that would be pretty rough too. Why are we having this conversation? I don't know. Fault. Why did this happen? This is my fault. My bad. Dubs, roll an ad. We're we're going into. You need to chew more Adderall in. or something. I don't know. Yeah. Wrestling nerds, wrestling weebs, wrestling fans. If you're looking for a different kind of podcast, one that goes over actual big wrestling news, I mean real stories, not somebody getting divorced or baseless rumors or whatnot, and get some color, we got that. We also do reviews of wrestling from the past, but sometimes we also do wrestling from the modern day too, if it's something that interests us at the time. Other than that, I would say the main attraction is just three guys who have been lifelong wrestling fans doing what wrestling fans do. Cutting up, cracking jokes, and just enjoying the entertainment wrestling can provide. However that comes. If you want to catch Getting Some Color, you can catch it bi-weekly on Thursdays, 10 p.m. Eastern, usually. Usually. Uh, Usually. (laughs) Guys. Welcome to the host credit scene. Um, this is just play with words with the the last word that we had back in season one. Um, this is where we're going to be talking about uh, what we played, watch, read, and etc. And look, uh, look, look, look. This is going to be a little on the longer side because we took a couple weeks off. So if you've got to pee or get a snack, pause the podcast and go do it now. <laughs> Yes, and then come back and get locked in for media talk. Yeah, Shut I'm... up and take it. Oh, what happened? Do. We're gonna talk about it. Yeah, because I'm sure, like, you're gonna have oh. one idiot talking about Starfield. You're gonna have uh, <laughs> so- Sopranos talk going on, Gabo Ghoul, and then you're gonna have COVID watching, anime watching, COVID having, anime watching, Pokemon wheel and dealer, Pokemon Space Mountain riding. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then Zach talking about comics 
And I had bought a comic today. Wow. I didn't read it though. Oh, well. You know what? Let's start today. (laughs) I'll go first. I've been playing Starfield. um, And Andy's been watching uh, the streams and sometimes, yeah. How much does it suck? It doesn't suck. Um, (laughs) I think people. Has it got pronouns in it? Do they put pronouns in that game? (laughs) (laughs) How broken is it? How Bethesda is it? (laughs) On a scale of 1 to 10. I've watched you play at least 2 or 3 hours of it, and I think I can confidently answer, it is quite Bethesda. (laughs) (laughs) It's very Bethesda. It has the Bethesda charm. Um, There's a lot of bugs that happen. Funny bugs. Some I I didn't have game-breaking bugs yet. uh, Knock on wood. Uh, You had some pretty funny ones. That corpse dancing was pretty good. Yes. It reminded me of Bad Lieutenant Portacol New Orleans. There's a lot of clipping through doors. A lot of clipping through doors. Like there's an airlock door and my computer sidekick guy, (laughs) uh, we call it, went through one of the the doors and stuff. But I like the exploration part. Um, The main mission right now, it's about artifacts and Apparently, I've heard that the ending is emotional. So now I'm intrigued. Emotions? Yeah, I'm, yeah. There's emotions. Apparently, someone endings. I got some shit coming up, buddy. Yeah, the, this, someone cried at the end, like someone that I know. So I'm like, hmm, what? Okay, it wasn't a streamer. It was actually a person. It was a real person. Yeah, a, a real person. Speaking of streaming, though. That's like part. I like. I like watching you play the game. It's just kind of nice to hang out and watch you play it and type my stupid quips in the in the chat. But that's the problem is you do like to explore. But when you explore, I am bored senseless. When you're doing story <laughs> stuff, I'm like, oh, this is pretty interesting. It's pretty cool. Like there's that one that, that they were holding that guy hostage, and you were trying to decide if you're gonna like pay the bounty or just like shoot the guy in the face. I mean, like that's that stuff's interesting. I like that. Yeah. The whole like explore, I will say, I agree with you. The whole like exploring the planet type of thing and scanning the plants and fucking scanning all the creatures and stuff. I'm just like, but why though? <laughs> like, there's like no reason because it's so barren and stuff. Like, I do appreciate the caves because I went into a cave and like everyone was fucking dead and I was like waiting for something big to happen. Yeah. And nothing big happened, and I was like, mm, "This." I still think there's a mission that takes you there, and it's like, I need, "We need you to investigate what happened here." And you go there, and some shit happens, but you like happened upon it randomly, mm-hmm. and the mission hadn't been triggered, so there's just a bunch of corpses there for no reason. Yeah, and so I'm just that, like that happened to me in like Oblivion and Skyrim once in a while. It's just you find a cave, and there's like cultists there doing some culty shit, and like, "Ah, get him!" I'm like, ah, "I don't know why I'm <laughs> killing you, but I'll do it." Yeah. I don't know why, but that phrase, I do appreciate the caves, just made me laugh. It just made me think about that in context. And it's like on the back of the box, you see, I do appreciate, I do the, appreciate caves, the caves, IGN. <laughs> <laughs> just like, like some shit like that. Yeah. yeah. This is a game. video game. <laughs> yeah, the, the whole pirate decision thing, because like, the pirate is like negotiating with me. They're like, I'll give you whatever you want for four thousand, you know, currency or whatever. And I'm like, I don't want to pay this shit. So like, space I back dues. Yeah, I back out of the dialogue, 
and I shoot the fucking dude in the head. Now I will say I didn't know there was like he had a posse behind him. <laughs> dude, the posse went off and like tried to kill me, but I won. Uh and then you know what you didn't win? Every fight in space. You suck at space fights. Space I had to like learn how to like do the, the flight shit. The flight shit's kind of weird. Um there's like some uh you gotta play more uh descent. Is that what it is? Descent that, yeah, that, 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 that 90s rules. PC game that ruled out loud. Oh <laughs> good shit. Or F one seventeen stealth bomber game or whatever. Uh the DOS game. But there was also another uh mission that I had. It was like a James Bond type of thing. We went like on a cruise ship type of area and we had to go to this ballroom to talk to some politician guy. Um, because he was like blackmailing someone or something like that. And then we had to go talk to his mistress and try to like get blackmail stuff on him. Uh, and then I stole a trophy because the pirate that I was working with wanted a trophy out of the, cause it's like some award that they give to rich people on this like cruiser, cruiser ship. A so the pirate, award. yeah, they, they, they wanted that as like an optional mission. And I had to like sweet talk the fucking, uh, the person that's watching the trophy and stuff. It kind of reminded me of like national treasure when they steal the, uh, uh, independence, uh, the declaration of independence. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, Abigail in the, in the movie where Nicholas Cage is like sweetening her up and t- type of stuff. And all you that see crap. that Nicholas Cage flashlight mod? <laughs> no. There's a, somebody made a flashlight mod in Starfield where it's Nicholas Cage's face. It's like one of those promotional shots where he's just grinning. Like he's just happy. <laughs> It's amazing. Uh, yeah. So I'm enjoying it. I, I, I want to do it real slow. I don't, I, some of these streamers and all these people are just like, I'm going to do the whole main story. Uh, and Pete Hines also talked about like after the main quest, that's when the game really opens up. And I don't know what that means. So like, I'm intrigued to see what he's talking about. And I hope it's not a dud, but out of every like Bethesda, I still think the Fallout games are a little bit better than Starfield. But then again, I'm just scratching the surface and stuff because I haven't messed with mods. I haven't messed with the the base building and stuff. And there's a lot of stuff I could do. Um, do you think the game is maybe a little too similar to like Fallout and stuff? Because that's something I keep seeing. Um, I think when you have all this time. Like, I think it's time to, like, update your engine, probably. Yeah, it's still built on that same, what's it called, the Explorer engine? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Like, They've that's an opinion. It's Oblivion. Because... Yeah. Well, that's kind of surprising to me. Uh, but, like, I thought it was just Skyrim. But, uh, no, uh, um, everybody keeps saying, like, I guess some people just expected it to be more different than what it really was. They were thinking No Man's Sky expectations, but, with, like, with a bigger budget Bethesda and Microsoft, and they think they were going to be, like, this crazy space exploration thing yep because no man's sky was great day one no no i'm talking about like updated <laughs> stuff like when when no man's sky was coming out they were just like you're gonna be able to do all this shit and then it came out and you're just like no you can't do all this shit oh i can't fly around the planets i could do it in no man's sky this isn't fucking no man's sky we had a yeah. different game that said, said no, man's sky, no man's sky fixed itself it's kind of like cyberpunk cyberpunk started out with its its great debut as we all know 
but it's actually in pretty good shape now. So they they pulled a Chaz. They they expected fucking Friday the Thirteenth, and it was Lake Mungo. <laughs> no, I expected I expected a decent movie, and you guys made me watch something <laughs> sucked. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I was trying to be nice earlier. Claws are out. I'm eating Swedish fish. I don't give a fuck. I'm not. I'm not antagonizing. It was a meme. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. I'm kidding. It was actually fine. <laughs> yeah. So like. Oh. All the fucking hate on Starfield is people that were having way too high expectations, and then you have those console war people that are just fucking retarded. And then you also have the people that are trying to do political agendas when, you know, they have pronouns in the beginning and it has nothing to do with the rest of the game at all. Like, I will laugh, though. There was one part where uh, you meet this lady and then... They don't say trans, but they say, like, I was cloned from a man. And I'm like, okay, thank you for telling me. I don't need to know this information. <laughs> Just tell me where I need to go and get my my space material shit, and I, I'm on my way. It's a very uh, odd interaction. Yeah, but, like, yeah, it's I don't know. <laughs> but okay, I guess. Yeah. So I'm, I'm having a good time with Starfield. Um... I watched a movie like right before this podcast called uh, Don't Worry, Darling. Um, it's on Netflix. It has the blonde chick from Midsummer in the movie. The so I was like, hey, I think she's attractive. And I think this is a she's, she's a great also, actress. Yeah, she's good. I like her. And then I was like that that British fellow there sounds and looks familiar it's harry styles he's in the movie uh what? olivia wilde is in the movie uh and the guy who played captain kirk uh chris pine is in the movie he he's in there i'm like oh this, this is the star studded cast i'm like it's pretty cool and it's directed by olivia wilde 90 percent of the movie i enjoyed because it did like the the whole mystery thing like what it's based in 1960, like 1950s, 1960s. And there's some things that are kind of off that, you know, is giving me some type of vibe. I'm not trying to like spoil it because it, it does have a good story. And you're just like, why is this town in the middle of the desert? Why can't they escape at some point of the desert? Why can't they go out in the desert away from the town? What's happening? What? Desert. What? You go out in the desert, then you'll know. <laughs> well, there was some people in this movie that went out in the desert, and then they went insane. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, and and then uh, there's a mind flayer that lives out in that desert. I guess. Yeah, and didn't you answer your question right there? If you go out there, you go fucking crazy. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll stay in town. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. I'll stay here. Go crazy here. Once I got cable. Yeah, and then Chris Pine is kind of like the. Elon Musk of the the fucking town or whatever. He's like this oh, genius this a genius and stuff. Genius. And um I, I won't say this movie sucked because I it's shot really well, the writing's good until literally the ending part. And I'm not gonna like spoil the ending because the actual storyline of the ending was like kinda awesome, but then they had to put like their message in there. Uh, where it's just like men are yucky. It's our time to rule the world. Yes, queen slay. And I'm just like, 
you could have done that and like better <laughs> than what, how you just delivered that. And then I kept on reading that Olivia Wilde based her villain, which is Chris Pine, the Elon Musk, off of Jordan Peterson. I'm not a Jordan Peterson fan at all, but I'm just like, I cringe to the max because it's all about, you know, uh, men find their own way type of bullshit, the manosphere type of stuff. Like, that's how it was portrayed in the message of the ending. And I'm just like, ah, you ruined the movie a little bit for me, but I still, I'm still recommend it because I thought it was 90% of the movie was great. I am one of those type of persons where I can enjoy a book, enjoy a movie, enjoy a game, but when the ending fucking blows, it could do a number on the movie. So like it did hurt it in a way, but I, I still respect it. So um reading wise, I'm reading The Long Walk with Stephen King. Uh I don't know if I mentioned this is like a dystopian society where you can either volunteer uh or you get uh, ordered to go on this long walk where like you're going across America uh, and you can't stop. You get three warnings. If you on the final warning, if you don't keep on walking, you get shot by the military. Um, and it's just interesting because Stephen King does really well writing characters. Uh, it's just so, his endings usually suck sometimes. You can't stop at all. Like even to sleep. No, you just keep on going. That's impossible. Well, not in this book. You'll die. Exactly. I think that's... Uh, <laughs> if I'm thinking this correctly, dystopia, maybe they're trying to depopulate the fucking world by having these long walks and them dying and shit. You just it's shoot like everybody really, and throw them in yeah, a hole. Yeah, it's like a really <laughs> inefficient way to do it, yeah. Well, it's, uh, you know, they don't want to go full Hitler, I guess. Whatever. <laughs> full Hitler? Yeah. They want to go Pol Pot. They want to yeah. go fucking Ho Chi Minh or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I don't know. It's like, again, it's the thing is in the background, this dystopian society. It's more about the characters and stuff, which I, it's, it's fucking weird. Stephen King has a thing about roping tits and ass while kissing and stuff because I read most it, like, men have a thing about that yeah I know that but like yeah, it's, it's written it's, like 25,000 times in his book yeah. <laughs> while they're walking he has like fans of the main character that are just like Garrity yay you, you, you're winning you're doing it and then he like goes up to this girl and, like kisses her and touches her vagina and, and fight vagina uh, and tits and ass and all that stuff and I was like like he said this like before when he met the other women and, and he was thinking about doing the same thing he did in the other town. Um, but yeah, it's, it's okay so far this book. Um, other than that, <laughs> I don't Starfield and work and more work. And, and then I watched this movie. So Andy, what about you? Uh, I'm going to try to arrange my stuff by what it is instead of the order I did it in. But uh, i start with motorsports. Why not? I watched the Dutch Grand Prix. It was fairly predictable and uneventful, mm. but it was still, you know, interesting enough. It had some some bright points. Um, then I watched Monza and uh, it was way better. It was very exciting. Still somewhat predictable, 
outcome as far as the the race winner goes but everything else was like all over the place very interesting lots of pet because apparently historically there's not a lot of passing at monza but uh it rained twice and like fucked everything up it was great <laughs> but uh <coughs> that was really good um i think i only watched one movie yeah i only watched one movie dead men don't wear plaid have any of you ever seen it no. I've never heard of it. I, I'd never even really heard of it, but the title caught my eye, and Steve Martin's in it, and he's like a hard-boiled detective type. And the premise is they interject a bunch of footage from movies from the 40s, like actual noirs, and it's like Steve Martin is having a conversation with the person, but they just use the actual footage, so they, they use it. In a, uh, it's, it's really clever. Like Humphrey Bogart is in it playing Philip Marlowe from The Big Sleep, and it's like it, they're, they're, he like learned how to be a detective from Philip Marlowe, and he calls him up and tells him, "Hey, I need you to do this for me." And it's Humphrey Bogart on the phone going like, "Okay, I'll check it out or something." But like, you know, it's a clip from The Big Sleep. It's a funny movie. It's really good. I highly recommend it. I was, I was delighted. It's only an hour and a half, and it's quite funny. I liked it a lot. Um. Uh, let's see. And then I watched, uh, I watched more adult swim broadcasts on, uh, YouTube. It's just like, you know, the old shit, like with, uh, home movies and outlaw star and stuff. And then I went down a rabbit hole of, I had to watch three seasons of home movies just cause I missed that show. And I really, really enjoy it. Did you guys watch home movies when it was on yeah. TV? Yeah. Coach yeah. Coach McGurk. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, that's uh, that home movies is, uh, is Bob Burgers before Bob's Burgers. It kind of yeah, yeah. It's got some yeah. of the same stuff going on, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Isn't but, the uh, same guy that voices him? The 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 Sean Coach H. Benjamin. Dude? Yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah. He's that's, also that's Archer. <laughs> but uh, then I watched. There was another TV show. Well, I watch more Sopranos. Don't really have. I haven't finished it, so nothing really to, to report. But uh, I, I wanted to watch something that was not serious. So I, as I say, accidentally watched the first episode or two of Eastbound and Down, and now I'm almost done with season two. <laughs> I love that show. It's so I, I love, funny. Oh, that, <laughs> Eastbound and Down's great. And uh, then I played a bunch of video games. I played Castlevania's one and four and Adventure. It sucks. And Belmont's Revenge. It rules. I beat Belmont's Revenge. That game is a lot of fun. I beat it in a day. It's only like it's four the, hours long, though. It's the Game Boy one, right? Yeah. Well, it's the second Game Boy one. Second, yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The good the one, good yeah. One. I watched the retrospective. I know which one. It's good. They they made Adventure, <laughs> and it sucked. And they said, oh, hang on. Let's try again. And then they tried that again. Ruled. So did you beat one? What, Adventure? No, you said you played Castlevania 1. No, I, I played it a bit. I used to be pretty good at that game. And I could get to Dracula, and I couldn't beat him. I can't even get to death now. Like I suck. So I'm gonna try it again at some point. But that was before I then honed my skills at Belmont's Revenge. So maybe, maybe it's time to try to go back. Um, but I also beat Crusader of Senti for the Sega Genesis. Uh, uh, people on the internet like to be edgy and say it's the best Legend of Zelda game. It does play a lot like Legend of Zelda. <laughs> Isn't that uh, something Tim says? <laughs> Yeah, it is. yeah. <laughs> I'm laughing because I literally watched the video where he says this. Crusader of Sinti is the best Zelda game. It's the <laughs> review of the year 1994. 
four, four or five, whichever one. Yeah, yeah. Four. and he has ninety four. He said it on insert credit as well, and everyone agreed with him, like Jeffy and uh, and uh, Brandon and and uh, who am I missing? Frank. They all pretty much agree with him. But uh, yeah, Crusader City is fun. It is a fun ass game. I like it a lot. I know the music I, kicks fucking ass. The, the music rules. I couldn't. I, I I shared at least two, if not more, clips in like the video game chat just because I was like, I can't stand how good this music is. Like it's so cool. Um, oh, I, I did. Uh, I did. I did an experiment. I I, I made believe in my mind palace that uh, I was. It was. You know, I'm a child again, and it's Friday evening. And I get to rent a game from Classic uh. Video down the road, and I got to finish this game before I go back to school next week so i played the game all weekend and beat it in a weekend just to see if i could do it and i couldn't did oh that feels yeah that 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 that's a nostalgia rush though right that yeah that no, it was, a sunday it was, rush to try to get the game beaten before because it was oh, sunday yeah. and i was like i know i'm close i know i'm close and there's there's kind of a semi fake out in the game because there's a point where it feels like it's going to end and all it does is open up the map for you to double back and do a bunch of stuff again it's really cool the story is bizarre it has to do with like sin and regret and uh, uh violence against the innocent and uh all kinds of stuff, but also it's about you travel the world and make friends with the animals and they help you. And you know the Atlas game? Uh, I've seen their logo on it. Maybe I think they published it. Maybe uh, I can't. I can't recall. You might. It's be got right. Atlas on it though. That makes all that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it definitely has that Atlas feel to it. Um, but yeah, I, I highly recommend it. So I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to go through this stuff fast because I know we all have a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, I beat Eternal Darkness. <laughs> let's let's blaze right past Eternal Darkness and not discuss it, shall we? Now, Eternal Darkness is great. Uh, it's it's uh, a crying shame that sequel never came. And uh, then I started, and like, no kidding, at five minutes before we were supposed to sit down and record this, I finally got the end on Shadow of the Colossus. Cool. Uh, that game is also it's a masterpiece man that game is gorgeous yeah. and exciting and just big and emotional and i don't know like everything i do in that game felt like it had weight like it felt like it mattered and then the end it's oh my god just all kinds of bonkers shit happens out of nowhere but uh i i do you guys ever rebuy games just to play it on a more modern console because i'm getting to be in a bad habit of it I, I own that game on PS3. I said, I don't want to play it on PS4. So I bought it on PS4 for no reason. <laughs> Though, the, I didn't know this at the time. I would like to say, I did it for this reason. Now, um, Blue Point Studio like remade the game with uh, mm -hmm. Studio Japan's assistance. They, they took all the assets and then just rebuilt it for the PlayStation 4. And when you look at them side by side, it's like night and day. It looks so good. Like The movie looked good, or the movie... The game looked good on the PlayStation 2, let alone the PlayStation 3, but the PS4 version is just mind-blowingly gorgeous. So if you're going to play it, do that, because right now you could pick up a copy of it, like a, an actual boxed copy for like 20 bucks. Yeah, it was one of the first games I played on, uh, which I don't know if it's 4K capable or not, but just like like on a higher power television mm -hmm. uh, on PS4, and it looked amazing. It's, uh, and the game is different. Like the, there are differences in the game. Like, and they kind of added some little things. There's like collectibles mm -hmm. and like yeah, the yeah. New... 
yeah, the story and stuff is it's still the same. It's but yeah, there's little things that are different with the mechanics and stuff too. Just very small tweaks. Also, I'm now obsessed with the soundtrack to that game as well for all that reasons. The soundtrack to to that game is also something. But yeah, that's that that literally brings us up to five minutes before we sat down to record. So now I'm oh, up to date. <laughs> dude, that that uh that game, I remember in high school, everyone uh in my friend group was obsessed with getting through that game, and we all had like nicknames for the different uh colossi. Mm. And I just remember that like we like were just acting stupid. You know how teenage boys are at 2 a.m. We're all like probably need to go to sleep, but we're like slap happy. And we're just laughing because none of us can beat Beefcake, which I don't even remember which one he is. I think he's, I think he's number 11. But we're just laughing and like someone, he, he's like in an area where there's water. It's kind of protecting him. And he's just like. Oh, he's like, got his face looks like a fortress and you like hit the top of him. Yeah, 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 that's why I'm calling Beefcake. So isn't it? I just that has always stuck in my mind. Uh, my my friend, his older brother, watching us, and he's like, "You'll never get past the goddamn Beefcake," and he would die, and we laugh, and then he <laughs> going on about Beefcake, and we play it. That's like the dumbest thing ever, but it's a great memory. But that game is just fantastic. In also, so many also ways. the final Colossus is going to haunt my dreams. Holy shit. Jesus, it's so big. Like up until that point, there's a few like they get a little bit smaller and more creative up until the last two. And like oh, 15, yeah. they go back to being big. I'm like, okay, so the next one's gonna be a little bit bigger. Holy shit, Jesus Christ. Settle yeah. Down. <laughs> no, they, they did a great job of like hindering it's expectations. Like arms on fire and shit. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. It's it's amazing how they how they play that off because I think it's like number five. Is it number four or five? It's the bird. It's over like the water tower. It's like yeah, over the lake. Four or maybe five six. six it's somewhere in that range. That throws you off completely. It's like oh shit, they're they're not all going to be all massive like you like you said. They're gonna you're gonna expect smaller ones, and it just like kind of tempers your expectation. And then you get the fucking city that is the last colossi. So yeah, the game's great. More importantly, though, finishing that game finished up uh, an experiment I did. And again, I'm not going to talk about it too much because I know I know this is going to run long. But I did. I made a, a hit list, a bunch of games. I want to play these games. And instead of deciding what order to play them, I just sent the list to all my friends and I invited people to pick a game. Like, what do you What do you think I should play? And that concluded that experiment, and it has concluded huh. fabulously. So I, I I'm, I'm going to kind of double back and do the same thing in a different way but uh, uh zach chose silent hill 2 i played that first and then a friend chose eternal darkness played that next and then another friend chose shadow of the colossus and so i have i've completed it and uh it was a huge success like the, all three games were, were brilliant i should have played them years ago but i loved them so now I'm going to move forward and hopefully stick with this gaming thing. Crusader Ascenti was also on the list, but that one was for me. I did. Did you ever play Final Fantasy IX? Yeah, long we talked about it on the show. It was like a year ago. Okay, I about me. I'm the one that didn't play it. No, no, we we had the trade off because he played nine, I played eight. But he's right. I just you couldn't remember. You played yeah. eight. <laughs> I, I did play eight. <laughs> it sucked. <laughs> That's the end of it. It's got a uh, stupid trading card game in it. You should be all over it. So does nine. It has this dumb draw system. I don't like it. It's weird. Yeah, it's like you draw cards. You got to think about like cards. I think that I think the protagonist has been dead the whole time. <laughs> Whatever. All right. So you're all done. It's my, it's my turn to go through all this. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, hooray! All right. <laughs> Unless Zach wants to go, you yeah, Zach. You want no, you can go ahead. This is the, we always go clockwise or whatever. The yeah. Is. I mean, on my screen, it looks clockwise. <laughs> yeah, same. Okay, so I'll start with the life events. The life's been crazy. So yeah, I went went to a work conference, and the first day of being in the conference, I I didn't feel the best. Like something's a little off. I got I got COVID. So then I spent a week in a, a hotel room, sick. I actually passed out for the first time. Woke up in a cold sweat in, in a hotel room floor alone. <laughs> that was very fucking surreal. It's like, am I gonna die here? <laughs> it was weird. So uh, did that, that was the last time you did this. I didn't pass out. No, I mean I, like you got sick doing this thing last time, didn't you? <laughs> Uh, one of the times I, I've done it before. Yeah. It was a couple of years ago. Yeah. I, I got sick during it. Yeah. So yeah, I have great luck with that. Just it's, it's more of the timing of the year of just like when kids go back to school, they all just share all their germs. And when they get sick, they have to come and see me and get school excuses. So then it just, it just leads to that. So it is what it is. Anyway, you keep getting more powerful. Uh, it's okay. Yeah. Well, I, I like to think that, uh, my, my Saiyan blood is just boiling, but uh, anyway, uh, I survived that in the time frame that I did that, uh, I had a lot of stuff going on. So I'm trying to like, listen to the, the webinars for the things I'm supposed to be there for in person. I go do so much of it. So I listened to a shit ton. And I, what I say, I mean, I literally have finished all of, uh, action button reviews. I watch all of it. Uh, everything has been made so far. Uh, did yeah. you watch the cyberpunk review the correct way and then watch everything or just watch everything? I watched the the way he asked and I picked my, my episodes and then I went back and watched the rest of them. Yes, yes that's the way to do it. Yeah, which I'm really glad I did because I didn't choose the one that was about they don't make them like these anymore about the chair and, and I'm really <laughs> glad that I, I went back and watched that because I was like shit I want to buy that chair uh, but that was a really good episode uh, it was great uh, but that uh, wow that just uh, I don't know I don't even know how to describe it he's like kind of like a force of nature <laughs> which, one, which one was your favorite I guess yeah of the the games no, yeah, of the of the action button review. The action button. I oh goodness, it's so hard to pick. Probably um, uh, Tokimeki Memorial. Yeah, that's mine. I, I, that's, it's, that's the one I like. Got probably, the most out of. I think it's either that one, but I mean, at this point, I was also really deep in the tank in terms of like, like I mean, I I was probably delirious during some of that one. Um, same with um. <laughs> Oh, what's the other uh, Japanese game that he did? Boku no Natsu Yasume. Thank you. Boku no Natsu. I learned how to say it so I could say it like I'm not an idiot. Boku no Natsu I do the same thing. When I was watching it, I would just say it out loud every once in a while when he said it. Exactly. I did the same thing. So I was like, oh, this game rules. I want to tell people about it, not sound like a fucking dumbass when I say the name. I think, again, I don't know how much this has to do with me just like being in with like caught in the bubble of I am. Again, the context of hotel alone, COVID, I am feeling ravaged physically and, and mentally. And that's when I got to, to finish that one. Yeah, that one had me break. Like, I, I cried during part of one of the pieces he was talking about through that. But I have no idea why. I can't really explain it. I think it was more just I, I just reached a point of exhaustion in that, that week. It sucked. Uh, but uh, Tim Rogers helped pull me through that. So 
for for a lack of, of all the other things there. I'm re- I was really looking forward to finding other content, which I did um, find some stuff that was done previously with Kotaku, which has been great. Um, he's just a really funny person. Just the like the way he delivers things, and just very blunt about uh, some of the things he says. It's just been great. So uh, I've enjoyed that. He says so. a lot of things. I've just started integrating the things I say, mm-hmm. for better or worse. Yeah. No. Well, it's a lot of it too. Just like, oh, that's it's like the way he put it. It's like it's like what I was thinking, but it was just not. I I never fig- articulated a way to say how I felt about something. Maybe I don't know. Just, I'd let her kill me. <laughs> that, that is really funny. I, that, I really think because the first one I watched was a Final Fantasy one, right? I started with yeah. That. yeah, that's where it's you're supposed and to. And that, that was, I think, the first thing I really laughed really hard. The one, the one that made Tifa, and then he's like, "Why do they keep talking about her breasts?" And then he goes to Aerith, and he says, he immediately jumps to, "I'd let her kill me." <laughs> the one that always made me laugh the most. It's like the weirdest one. I think it was in the Cyberpunk review, where he was talk- one of the ones he was talking about. He was asking something about. It, he was asking his dad about like medications or some shit he might need to take for something or whatever. Uh-huh. He's like, he's like, I can't believe I'm talking with my son about this, and he's like. Dad, your son is getting old. <laughs> I've, I've started using at work more than once. I have said, I hate it. However, I love it. Uh, yeah. gets it but I still say it all the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it's it's pretty great. Uh, no, I, I really enjoyed watching those. And then what's funny is, so I would listen to these. Um while simultaneously playing through Castlevania. Um, so I also was on that kick because I finished that retrospective and I wanted to go back and try to platinum uh, the um, Castlevania, I think it was the advanced series or advanced collection. Uh, spoilers. I failed. Uh, I, I'm, I'm very close. I'm very fucking close. I just gave up because I, what I have to do is just so fucking time consuming and tedious. So I, Beat Dracula X. Got all the trophies for Dracula X that I didn't I'm have. Sorry. Yeah, that game is not. Why did you do that? To Why you play Rondo? Just play Rondo. Oh, I did. So funny enough, I didn't have my external hard drive that had Rondo and Symphony on it, which was really fucking painful. I was really not happy about that because that's what I wanted to play. I just wanted to play Rondo and Symphony. Couldn't play either. Uh, so I had to settle and play. Uh, the others. Now, give me. Don't get me wrong. The games that I played, except for Dracula X, are the other good. ones are awesome. Yeah, yeah, they're great. Circle is awesome. I, I remember getting Circle. I uh, whenever the Game Boy Advance came out, it came with mine, and uh, like in a little holiday pack or whatever, or maybe maybe it just came with it. I, I can't remember, but I I remember having that. It was the first game I played on the Game Boy Advance, and I was like, why does things so fucking dim? <laughs> then, then later I got a, a better Game Boy Advance. Like this game's so much better now. Like it was good, but it was hard as fuck to see. It was uh, literally day and night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually. Uh, but uh, I played through Magician Mode because I had to, which is where you get all of the cards in Circle of the Moon, but your attack stats, all your stats are shit. So if you get hit like twice, you die. Um, which makes it hard. You get glass cannons. You have to like combine doing the abilities. It's actually pretty broken once you know what abilities do what, because mm-hmm. uh, the combinations of 
things, lets you summon shit that just blow everything up, and like you can turn into the skeleton that just throws a giant bone that if on random hit, if you if you throw the bone, it it'll just do like nine 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 nine. So like the goal is just to try to do that, but you got to dodge all the other attacks because you just die in one hit if you get hit, uh, which was funny. Um, but I got through that. I finished off Circle of the Moon stuff. I got all the cards the natural way. Uh, when I went back, because I think I had like all but like four of them, and that is a little tedious, but I got them. We figured it out. Um, Aria of Sorrow is what's caught me. So I went back into Aria of Sorrow. The original time I played through the game, I didn't actually get the true ending. I didn't oh. get the ending where you beat Chaos. I didn't realize I had to wear like the specific souls to, no, to no, trigger the some event. Of, some of those later ones, they got real, real specific. Like you basically have to look it up. Come on. Oh yeah, yeah. Eager Rush, you just like gave up on trying to even give anybody a clue now to be fair with this one you find things like these letters or books and they just they don't tell you why they just vaguely give you the clues of what to wear but even then like it's not a perfect clue it's still just somewhat subtle um so i finally figured it out and it is neat right have you guys all played aria of sorrow yep a little bit I remember playing it at work. Yeah, the true ending. I, I, I want to spoil it. It's just really cool. It, it might be one of my favorite twists in a, in a Castlevania game. So with, with the character you're playing, you get those souls. The souls that you get are um, you get the Hellfire, the Bat, and um, oh shit, what's the last one? Mist, maybe? I can't remember, but it's the it, they are the essence of Dracula. Like, the clue is that you're getting the souls that would make you Dracula. So when you fight him, you're fighting him with Dracula's powers, and that's when you realize that you are Dracula. So you actually are Dracula reincarnated, and but he hasn't completely taken your body over yet. So you there's a way for you to stop what's happened, and you're trying to break the cycle. So that's when you then have to fight uh, Jerome Belmont and convince him that you're actually trying to do the right thing and you go to the chaos realm and you fight and beat chaos and if you beat chaos it stops a cycle where where dracula is brought back and it's like this never-ending cycle that keeps continuing to happen so it's actually a really cool thing to see i hadn't i didn't ever get to see that complete ending of course this was all in the castlevania retrospective too so if you watch that it tells us about this but also uh, if like me you played dawn of sorrow first you have all of that spoiled for you <laughs> Oh, that's true. Yeah. Whoops. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so I, I played through, um, played through that. The problem is the only trophy I don't have too. they want you to collect all the souls. Fuck that. As it takes so fucking long. Cause there's so many souls that you have to go back there. You, there are enemies that you may not ever even encounter playing through and even getting the true ending. I don't want to sit and, and grinding the souls takes grinding, forever. Yeah. Oh yeah, because, well, it's like a two percent chance on hit, and then you can get an item if you grind three hundred thousand dollars. You can buy it, and then which I did that by the way. Guess what? It only increases it by another two percent, so it's still like a four percent chance on the enemies you're trying to get to get the soul. Like fuck that. I didn't have enough time after I was you know COVID bound. I was like I'm done with this, so I moved on and I, I gave in and I decided to start Final Fantasy 16. This is where our adventure leads us next. That game's fucking crazy. I don't know how far I am into it, but I have enjoyed all of it. It's it is. I, I don't know how to describe it. The mechanically, the game is di so different from any other Final Fantasy. It's it feels more like God of War and Kingdom Hearts are kind of merged together, because you only control one person, 
Um, you don't you like don't have control of the others that that are in your party. Uh, but the story is the story is nuts. It's like they took the the story plot from Game of Thrones and Attack on Titan and jammed them together and added the, like the things from from Final Fantasy that make it like appear to be Final Fantasy, like crystals and and Moogles and chocobos. It's fucking great. I've enjoyed it very much. I I I think I've I've got a good bit left to go. I'm like a little over halfway, so I've enjoyed it a lot. I don't want to spoil anything from it. Highly recommend. I haven't finished yet. I still highly recommend if someone plays Final Fantasy games and enjoys them, they should play it. So well, I suffered through all of 15, so maybe I'll like. I say suffered. I liked 15 actually. Well, the only thing I suffered from is that long ass hallway because I played it when it first came out, and not when they patched that. And you had to do that that fucking challenge where it was like it's supposed to be hard because you're supposed to miss your boys and you're supposed to know what how the power of friendship is supposed to make it better. It's like no, this is just a fucking long ass hallway. You were just trying to draw the game out. Oh, the, the spooky part. Yeah, the, the fucking yeah, long I ass played, like I played corridor of infinity as well. But that then then awful. they then they released the patch and they had like the new version of chapter fourteen or whatever it was. I played it again and I don't know. I kind of liked it. Like I don't know. I I got it. I got what they were going for. It's supposed to be like holy shit. This is you know I, this was way better when I had my friends with me. It just should have been half as long as all. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's a problem. Is they they overreacted to what they did, but. It, and then you got it, to play all the buddies, like the oh, DLC. Yeah. Oh yeah, but um, well, I mean, I guess that was off. Their side some stories. of them were good and some of them were bad. Like I liked the Prompto one, but the mm-hmm. Gladiolus one sucked out loud. Yeah, that one wasn't that great. I agree. I never did play the uh, Ariana one. I always meant to. And uh, the bad guy got one. I meant to play his. I never got mm-hmm. around to it. I kind of like a, I, it's DLC doesn't land with me. Anymore. This is a whole other conversation to have on Zach's proposed deal, but. Uh, DLC, whatever. DLC can be yeah. weird in those cases because it's so spaced out, right? Like, it, it was, like I had mo- well yeah, moved on from that, that game. game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was the same way. Like, DLC is about on. to come out for Cyberpunk, and I loved Cyberpunk, but I don't know oh, if yeah. I'm going to play it. I'm yeah, Phantom Liberty. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah exactly. I, I, and, again, I, I, I've been thinking about this a lot because people are like, there's not going to be any DLC for Tears of the Kingdom. Blah, blah, blah. That's good. That That's a good thing. I think if if they packaged it the old way, which was to release an expansion pack, like a physical disc that you had to buy that upgraded your game like it used to be in the olden PC days, do you think that would be a lot? Do you think that would stick better? I I don't know. I I don't know. For me personally, I don't think so. I think it was different. The same feel. It was different though, too, because typically they had more in that than what a DLC usually offers. That's part of the problem, too. Is like back then I was still playing Age of Empires 2. So when the Conquerors came out, yeah, give me more Age of Empires 2. I still play this game every week. Right. Now I, I haven't played Cyberpunk in years. <laughs> it feels right. like, you know, I've moved on. I'm playing Shadow of the Colossus and Eternal Darkness and Silent Hill 2 and Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, you know, I got Better all this other shit to play now. <laughs> Yeah, just say no, better I, games. Yeah. So, so anyway, like, I'm, I know I'm we're, not the same person. I don't know if it matters. So get back, <laughs> steer the shit back, because I've I've still got a shit ton of still hammer through here. Um, I'll briefly mention more of the Tim Rogers stuff as I was finally like within my my right mind. I did you watch uh, the Death Stranding review with? Kodaki? I wa- I did. Yeah, I watched the Death Stranding. I, I watched that. That was really good. 
Uh, I I love it because I, I don't know why that there's something funny about the editing with the Kotaku stuff because they it's always use the, <laughs> they they use the uh, the NFL theme. Oh that, yeah, that, 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 I laughed really hard because he was like, "This is six reviews because it's two, it's six different things," and every time it would start over and it would just keep playing that. I don't know, it was like really stupid but funny. There's uh, a, he's wrapping up. Um, it might be Doom. I can't remember. And he says one of his neighbors is playing Midnight Sonata on piano. He says I should ask him if he could play Big Action, the NFL theme or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a lot funnier now, knowing the context. Uh, so watch your shit. Uh, you guys are like the Dude, Doom was this... really good. Like I, I enjoyed Final Fantasy VII enough to continue on. Uh, and I watched them a little backwards. Doom was the one I watched next instead of Last of Us. Doom was really good, and I was like, oh, I'm hooked. Doom Last of Us was second favorite, honestly. I, I, yeah, Doom's up there. It's it's definitely my top three, I think. Uh, and then Last of Us was good. Pac Man was good. Uh, and then Tokyo Mechie Memorial just whoa, yeah. that blew my mind. I was like, oh, that's I they, I don't even think about games that way. Uh, I learned but, a lot from the Pac Man one, like as far as like games go. Oh yeah, like game yeah game design. I also bought both the collections he recommends in it, and yeah, they are both worth it. They both have a lot of fun stuff in them. Oh, the uh, Pac Man uh, Championship, and then the uh, Space yeah. Invaders one. This is the, this is the other extra credit, Go, Dubs. You have to complete the loop. You have to. Hey, you, you, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta watch every episode of Action Button. Hey, don't worry, I hope you don't have any work this week. Yeah, it's only like twenty five hours of content or something. No so, big deal. What I'm gonna do every episode of that in between? I'm gonna watch Tombstone. In, oh, okay. There you go. Just challenge yourself. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, Anyway, I, I yeah, I watched through the the review of 1994, which was really good. Just a couple other uh, things. I watched his review of um, uh, Link's Awakening. He talked about that. Um, did you watch? There was one about Pokemon. Two, two more, two more. I just gotta make sure. Did you watch the Forza Horizon Four video? I have not watched that one. No. Okay, watch that one because it convinced me that I needed to buy an Xbox Series X, and it's not even about a game that was for the series X. I, it, it's, it's weird. And then the other one is, did you watch the one? No more spoilers forever. Nope. Then watch that one either. That okay. I've got to watch it. It's only like 15 minutes long, but it's about okay. how you can make sure you never get spoiled on anything ever again. Okay. I'll have to, I'll have to watch both of those. I watched the Pokemon. <laughs> Zach, Zach might have really Cause he's laughing. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, I, I did go to a couple of, uh, or I guess one, uh, gaming tournament, um, I went to a Dragon Ball Fighters tournament. Got second place. Um, actually, I can't remember. Did I do that before we went on? I don't think I did. I think no, that happened about Dragon Ball Fighter Z, but I don't know if I, this happened. Yeah, before we went off. Or after okay. We went off there. So it so it was after all. So then never mind. And I, I've played some Street Fighter here and there, but that's that's just been playing randomly. Um. So other things I watched before I get to the the other big stuff because I say. My, my trading card stuff for last. So that's fun. Uh, they finally started releasing more of the, of the, the bleach stuff. So I've been watching the episodes as they come out and it's been fine. Uh, they also released the first part of season six of my hair academia, which is the other one. I'm like, I got to finish it to see how it ends. It's fine. I don't it, that. I, I almost wonder now if it's like, I, maybe I need to give up watching it. Cause I don't think I actually like it. It feels <laughs> a little, it feels a little like 13 sure. year old. 
Yeah, but it's like ah, uh, yeah, that it always struck me as me like itchy. as like being tar- well, I, Naruto strikes me that way though as being targeted toward a younger audience than they saw. All the stuff was targeted towards a younger audience. Yeah, I, I know it's all um, shown in anime. They're they're for, yeah, you know, young boys. But Dubs, did you watch One Piece or do One Piece shit? And you didn't talk about it. Oh yeah, uh, no, I I bought the book One Piece uh, because. People are saying the, the sorry to uh, butt in, Chaz, uh, but the Netflix show is actually pretty good. Yeah, and I keep seeing that, that everywhere. Yep. Oh, yeah, I read a book yesterday, too. I read more of Kojima's book, uh, something about the creative gene. The creative juices. The creative juice. The genetic jackhammer. So the big thing that happened for me is uh, the season – for Pokemon started this past weekend with Pittsburgh regionals. I went and it was a big three day weekend. It was a lot of fun. So I finished my last day of work with my, my former employer and then went to Pittsburgh right away. And I played in a challenge trying to grind for championship points so I can qualify for worlds uh, for next year. And I actually did all right, but I was frustrated enough with the deck that I played that I decided to switch off of it at like 2 a.m. And I chose a different deck. That was a terrible idea. <laughs> I proceeded to lose the, my first three rounds in the in the event and immediately have to drop. <laughs> so uh, that sucked. Uh, so I did. I played like ass. However, I redeemed myself, played it, played in some side stuff. And the next day, I played in a Gym Leader Challenge Cup, and I won the event. It was like a 200-person event. This is the coolest part. You'll love this, Andy. Played an event with Gym Leader Challenge. And in the finals, as people were waiting and like watching around and stuff were playing, I won. So that to, for context, most of the times when you're playing in uh, Pokemon, it's best of three in these cups because they want them to go a little faster because the main event's still going on on the side and stuff. They're best of one. And Gym Leader Challenge is best of one usually anyway because it's a slower format. So it's best of one, right? I won the finals and won the cup on a turn one play. I won on turn one, which was wow. really cool. But with a deck that does not win on turn one, I, we're playing GLC, so it's a setup deck. My opponent just happened to just put out an Inke, had 60 HP, put an energy on it, and passed turn. And I looked at my hand, and I played an S ball, which lets me search for a basic Pokemon. And I looked in my deck, and I was like, I looked at my hand, and I looked at the deck, and I just looked up and said, I think I win. And the people behind me are like murmuring and stuff. And I was able to grab a Pokemon and use a, a supporter to switch out, put a, a energy that lets it attack for exactly 60. And I attacked in one. And <laughs> it was it's really weird that a gym leader deck doesn't have a whole bunch of basic Pokemon he can have on his bench. He, yeah, no, he does. He, he and I even talked about it. He's playing like one of the best decks in the format and psychic. And he plays like eleven basic Pokemon. He just drew a dick hand of like uh, two psychic energy, five, four supporters, and his basic. And he was just stuck. I was, I was gonna say. I mean, it, it seems like he'd start with more than one. Pokemon yeah. on the board. Well, it was weird too. He actually won the the uh, the dice roll, but chose to go first, which is a strange in gym leader. Like almost every deck wants to go second. So mm-hmm. I was really weirded out. We learned something. I, 
Well, I know why he wanted to go. It was it, that specific deck is one that wants to go first because it plays a card that when it comes into play, both opponent or both players shuffle their hand and draw four. So if you go first and get that Pokemon, you instantly make your opponent start with four cards or uh, four uh, instead of six or seven. Hmm. Yeah, it, it makes sense, but he he took a risk and it did not pay off. And my deck is not one to like do like normally. I take two or three turns before I even start attacking because I'm trying to get fossil Pokemon out. And and doing weird stuff like that. I played colorless. I didn't. That's a weird thing. I didn't play water. I let someone borrow the water deck. So I played colorless in this cup and won with that. But uh, but yeah, uh, but yeah, Lugia for the win. So I won that and won won some some cool stuff. And then I found a ton of uh, first edition stuff to upgrade. And I am waiting for them to call me later this week. But I'm trying to arrange something where I might be buying a first edition Charizard, which is actually really cool. Uh, there's a, a, a store in. Now, I don't have a first ed. I have a shadowless, oh. but, the, but the Holy Grail first ed one I don't have. Uh, there is uh, this store in Texas has a PSA six that they were willing to sell, and it's enough that I would be willing to do it. But we're trying to. I'm waiting for them to call me, and once that happens, we'll get it arranged. Um, what's really cool is on the driving home after winning the cup, uh, we got a cash offer on our house, so. Oh. I am also in a couple. You're gonna weeks, need it to afford that Charizard. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my wife is like, I'm buying this Charizard. She's like, Well, normally I'd say no, but uh, someone just made a cash offer on her house, and uh, so we're waiting on that to work out. But in two weeks, hopefully, I, I will have had a accumulated a windfall of of money. It would be great. So uh, there's that, and then the Disney Arcana stuff uh, is I just I've got more cards that came in and. Just open a couple of neat things. I will say, I don't know if we've talked much about it or I even brought it up the last time on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys have seen anything about it, I, I am heavily convinced as long as they don't let the scalping market ruin the card game, because right now it's just so hard to even like, for instance, this game just came out. It's been out maybe two weeks. There are a lot of local stores that can't even hold events because no one has a product because no one can find it because all these distributors are saying they're out of product and it's on hold and they're waiting. Meanwhile, the, the company is already moving toward releasing the second set of product, like the, their second set in like two months. And no one has a product. So like are, they've already almost killed the scene for people to buy it and, and play the game. But as long as they can fix that, this game is actually fantastic. They, um, they found a way to make the game playable so that you don't have to play energies or lands or anything like that as a resource. The cards themselves are resources because they're all made of ink. And it's like the theme makes a lot of sense and how they did it, but it just allows you to build your deck in a different way that you don't have to worry about. Do I have to have so many of these cards in my deck in order to even function? You no longer have to worry about that. Like, I, I don't know. There's a lot about the game. I think that's really interesting. Like they fix a lot of the, to at least in my opinion, the fundamental things that made magic not as fun. So I mean, Magic was designed in what, like 1989 or something? Yeah, very early 90s, and no one realized that you had to be a fucking paralegal to be able to play it. And it just sounds like this lore kind of stuff is going to cost even more money to be competitive in than Magic does. Well, superficially, that might seem that way. The best decks right now are... If you just buy singles, if you outright just got on eBay or TCG Player and ordered the stuff and buy it, 
like you could buy a deck that would be competitive and play for anywhere between three to five hundred dollars and that's only because of the price hype stuff right now that should get lower because that product's supposed to be remade and it'll go down magic is actually in a really bad spot right now because outside of commander which is not a competitive format that's just their casual stuff in order to play magic competitively modern is the thing they're pushing and minimum you got to spend a thousand dollars to play it just to have a deck that's even viable and that's not even a good deck like the com- top tier competitive decks are anywhere between two thousand to three thousand dollars it's actually fucking stupid i don't know what they did i, I walked away and it wasn't like that I- it's like that meme of um Donald Glover coming back in the room from community oh, getting yeah. pizzas and the apartment's the pizzas, on fire. Yeah. yeah, it's like, what happened? Like, I, I, I don't know. But, yeah, Magic is actually just, like, the entry to play is ridiculous. I don't know what happened to it. So, um, it's it's funny. Like, a lot of people, though, for them, this is their very first game. And, like, comparing that to even Pokemon is crazy because, uh, for instance, the the deck that I played, I was, I was going to play in the event – uh, it got second place at the the event. Like, I was playing like I think I had fifty nine of the sixty cards that the guy that got second place uh, played. That deck is like fifty dollars. Like Pokemon, the top tier decks, like the most expensive deck is is less than a hundred dollars. It's so easy to play Pokemon, and the entry for it's easy. It's just you to buy like the fancy like collector stuff is different. But um, and that's kind of nice. Uh, but uh, I think we're coming back and work it out. Back. Uh, well, Yu-Gi-Oh! is not going to come back because Yu-Gi-Oh! is a terrible card game. Mm-hmm. We won't get into that. Uh, Digimon. You, you like activated my trap card. Opinion. There's actually a new Digimon TCG. Yeah. New-ish. There's a One Piece TCG that apparently is supposed to be really good, too. But There's I'm that Dragon right. Ball one that's getting bigger, too. They're all mm-hmm. over the place. Yeah, they're telling they're popping up. It's just, if you like I, cardboard, they print something you like on it. Absolutely. Like the only problem with Warcana, honestly, is that it's Disney themed. Now, I don't mean that as a slight to Disney. I mean that as because it's Disney themed. There's a bunch of idiots out there that are scalping it and buying it up like they are, but have no intention of playing a card game. And so I think it's limiting. I, I I don't know that it's going to be able to catch on with the proper audience that way. I well, and I think that's the problem. I'm I'm a little worried about it too, but I'm hopeful. Um, because. The, it does seem like the company's trying to do an honest effort to make sure that local game stores have access to this first to prevent scalping. But I think maybe that they, I don't know. I, I want to give them benefit of the doubt because the, their, the response they had initially made it seem like they were blown away with, in a positive way, they were blown away with how much response there was for pre-orders. So they're making much, much more of it. And like, for instance, I have a, a booster box um, that I had gotten at MSRP, I'm just waiting on it until like October now because it it was supposed to be here two weeks ago, but it's just not here. <laughs> and the store is like, you can get a refund if you want, or you can hold on. It's like, well, I'm going to hold on because if you buy a box anywhere else, it's $300 now. It's already doubled in price. So I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to wait. Meanwhile, I just bought the singles for the cards I want. So like, I'm not, I don't even need it now for the decks. I'm just, whatever I open now, will just be opening with my daughter and, and if we open fancy cards, like we've opened only one of the secret rares. I opened the Tinkerbell secret, which I think it's like 300 or some dollars or something. But uh, a ton of the cards are expensive, though. We've opened a couple Maleficence, the dragon. It's like 60 bucks or 50, 60 bucks. The uh, or no, that one's closer to like 45 or 50. And we've opened some. I think I opened one Rapunzel. Rapunzel is like 60 dollars. So uh so that's neat, but I don't care too much for that. I want to play the actual game. The game is a lot of fun. 
Um, and there is a way to play it for free. Pixelborn is the the application you can download, play for free online, learn how to play it. So, but uh, I think that that covers everything for me. Um, all right, that's all the time we have. Goodbye. I just everybody. <laughs> that, that was video games. Yeah. <laughs> so Zach, what about you? Yeah, I ain't do no. shit. <laughs> no, I, I didn't do nearly as much as you all did. It seems like. I was in game mode. Game I did time. a little more. I did a little more than Dubs. Maybe, maybe he's put more time to Starfield compared to all the things that I did. <laughs> uh, I watched some movies right. uh, and stuff. Uh, watched a few horror movies while I was on vacation. Uh, watched uh, Hello Mary Lou Prom Night Two, which is not related to Prom Night One. <laughs> and uh, that's good to know. <laughs> what a yeah, title. No, because. That's yeah, it's weird, but like anyway, uh, I actually watched it on uh, Joe Bob Briggs' last drive through. Oh, okay, uh, that plus and everything. Uh, my aunt came in from uh, Texas and was visiting with family with us for like a week, and we were watching horror movies that that last night she was there. She's like, Oh, I want to show you Joe Bob Briggs' new show. I was like, Oh, yeah, I haven't seen it. I've heard he's had a new show for a while. That's cool, it's great, and it just makes me want to watch like the whole thing because. <laughs> I, I watched him on TV a long time ago when he had Monster Vision and stuff. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe that's where some of this comes from for me, but uh, <laughs> uh, it was great to see him again. And he's, it's like, it's the same. It's the same, but better because now he's not on TV anymore. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. He can get away with a lot more stuff and they can pick better, better or worse movies, depending on how you want to look at it. <laughs> um. Uh, it was pretty cool. Uh, it was a decent little movie. The funniest thing he's, he said about the movie, though, was uh, he was talking about the critical reception of it. Apparently, it was made in Canada, and they have like some kind of tax loophole, I think, uh, back then in the 80s when that movie got made, where like they could write off the whole movie or some shit. That's, that's how a lot of movies could get made back then, low-budget movies and shit. Um, but... Um, Apparently it was critically panned for the most part, but a few people liked it. And some guy, some fucker in Los Angeles or whatever said something like prom night two is the blue velvet of the teen slasher movies. And I'm like, what the, what the fuck? fuck does that mean? That's what I said out loud when he said that. <laughs> like, what does that even mean? And then as I watched more of the movie, I was like, I kind of see what this guy was saying now. Oh, really? <laughs> because <Okay>. some <laughs> weird kind of off the wall shit happens in it that, you don't really expect to be in a movie like this. <laughs> and uh, it gets pretty surreal. There's some pretty crazy effects in it later, actually, that, that are like pretty good. Um, uh, it was solid. I, I'd recommend it if you like that kind of stuff, especially if you like more like offbeat kind of like uh, movies like that. Um, I, I watched a death dream. That was another one uh, I watched during the session. And uh, I, I mentioned it in, one of our chats uh, a few days ago it was made by Bob Clark, <laughs> the guy that did Christmas story and uh, black <laughs> Christmas, which we've talked about before. I, I, I went and looked at this guy's filmography more. It's a lot more like there's a lot more variety to it than what you would think. But this guy had an aptitude for horror movies. I think that, that has gone unrecognized, I think for a while. And now people are catching on to it. It turns out he Death Dream came out the same year as Black Christmas did. It just came out earlier in that year, 1974. Interesting. And uh, it's cool. Uh, maybe 
you know what? Maybe that should be the extra credit movie is Death Dream. Because <laughs> mm. uh, it's on Tubi. You can watch it for free. Good old Tubi. Good. I love Tubi. <laughs> it's a sea of trash, but underneath that layer of trash, there's good shit. <laughs> sometimes you find a sword. Yeah, sometimes you find a sword and all that garbage. Death Dream is is a, <laughs> it's a movie about a, a, a guy who comes back from Vietnam, but it, sh- it shows that he is killed in Vietnam at first, and his family gets a letter saying he was, you know, he died. And later that night, he shows up at their house. And I don't want to say anything else about the movie. You can't. You can't. So that's that's just the end of it. <laughs> it, go, it, es- it It's a slow burn kind of movie, but it escalates. And at the end, the last 15 minutes, it gets nuts. <laughs> Um, I liked it though. It was, it was it was pretty good. I liked it quite a bit, especially the the end of it. Uh, then I watched Last Shift from 2015. Uh, it's some kind of like low budget indie horror movie. Uh, that the premise sounded interesting, so I watched it. Which was like a rookie officer has to like babysit an abandoned police station that they're moving out of, kind of like Assault on Precinct 13 kind of thing. Uh. And weird shit happens to her while she's there. Uh, it wasn't that good, unfortunately. Apparently. Cool premise, like that. The premise is like, all right, this sounds kind of interesting, and it's just the execution of it and stuff. And some of the writing uh, is just like weird and illogical. Like, there's a point. Like, basically, the police station's haunted. Okay, some people. Weird cultists killed themselves in the police station and it caused it to become haunted. Uh, and it's like she's dealing with hauntings, haunting events that happened to her for like 50 minutes into this movie, like when it, when it starts. And so she's experienced a lot of hauntings. And it gets to a point where like she's not telling anybody what's going on, I guess, because she's afraid to get fired because this is her first night on the job. Uh, and it's like she's denying to herself what's really happening. And it's, it gets to a point where it's ridiculous. You know how, like, there's paranormal movies where people are just, like, so dense that there's, this isn't happening. This is not real. Oh, sure. We can't we can't sell the house. We moved in. Like, that stupid shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that happens. There's a part where she walks into a room and then there's like a bunch of office chairs in that room and they're all rolling around in, in the floor, like by themselves or something. And she's like, what the hell? And then she hears a noise and she turns away and then she looks back and all of a sudden without a sound or anything, they're all stacked up in a giant pile. <laughs> and then she goes, it's really sure. funny guys. Like she thinks it's, it's like <laughs> it's cops that are fucking with her in the station. I'm like, are you what? <laughs> is this supposed to be comedic or no? No, yeah. <laughs> it was just stupid. It's like they, it's, sometimes people that make these movies, I think, don't fully grasp like what is actually scary or like how somebody really react to it. And, and sometimes it's hard to parse like if they're trapped in that line of thinking uh, or they're trapped in like the say the trappings of the genre where it's like, like I said before, you know, sometimes with that genre, you have to accept a certain level of madness. <laughs> just do. Uh, and I don't know if that was on purpose or it was just like they didn't they didn't mean it at all. 
but I, I'm leaning to they didn't they didn't mean it. <laughs> um, don't recommend it. <laughs> watch the other two, especially if you can watch it, the Joe Bob Briggs version of Prom Night Two. Death uh, Dream, right? You said Death Dream. De- I'm gonna say Death Dream will be the extra credit, unless you guys want to buck me on it. If I get a moment, I'm gonna watch it. It's, it's free. TV. It's also like ninety ish minutes. Oh, you're, you're, singing, you're singing my song now, buddy. <laughs> I love ninety minutes. Not movies. very long. Ninety minutes to one hundred twenty minutes. Oh. <laughs> um. Also finished uh, another video from I finished a video game. The guy who's done the, the Castlevania retrospective. We've all been talking about. Yeah. You watch? Did you watch all that, Andy? Or you yeah. still? Oh, okay. I guess I should have mentioned it. Yeah, I watched that entire Castlevania. That that's what had motivated me to play those Castlevania games. But it's, right, it's been two weeks or so. I don't remember. Yeah, same. That's, that's, that's what got me on it. He's like, I like this guy. I want to see more of his videos. And he did an Eternal Darkness one. Maybe you should watch it since you just finished the game. Maybe I should. He, cool. he just released one like literally just like over a week ago on Vagrant Story. Yeah, Vagrant Story. I really want to watch it. I haven't I haven't gotten to that yet. I, I was gonna I watch, watch it. it. I own that game and I still haven't played it. So maybe oh, yeah, I want to spend first. That's um, an unsung game of the PS1 right there. I always thought it looked great and everything. I was always super interested. I just haven't gotten to playing it yet. Um it takes but, place in the same universe as Final Fantasy Tactics, right? That's that's always I've, what drew me. I've and heard of it's a it's an evil East. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but the Eternal Darkness one was really cool. He gets more into like, uh, you know, Silicon Knights as a developer, like their origins and like uh, Eter- the stuff around the development of Eternal Darkness and then like the game itself and whatnot, uh, which is cool. And also like the rest of Silicon Knights' unfortunate history. <laughs> uh, some of that stuff I forgot about, like uh, I forgot that Dyak, I forgot about that insane lawsuit where he tried to like sue Epic Games over like the Unreal Three engine and shit. And I vaguely recall that, but I you know I don't remember like details some... anymore. What was the game that was? Wasn't there a game that was like hype that was going to be made that be then human, right? Was it was it be yeah be human that was say the too uh, or too human? It it was like the weird Viking. Yeah, it came out and it bombed because it sucked out loud. It it sucked, yeah. yeah, It controlled weird as fuck. And like, I'm playing the demo on Xbox and it was like, this game's strange. I did not like it. Nobody else did either. No, they did not. (laughs) They made sure to tell them. What really sucks about that game is I I can remember hearing about it back when it was originally going to be a PS1 game. That's how long they were fucking working on that. Uh, Yeah. And. It was originally going to be more like a cyberpunkish game about like your guy, and it was called Too Human because like you could get cybernetic implants, human. more human than human, more no. hu- yes. <laughs> uh, you could like sacrifice more of your humanity for more cybernetic shit, you know, before Deus Ex fucking did it, basically. Uh, and I always thought that's that, and you're like you're like a detective or something. Uh, so it was like Blade Runner mixed with like Deus Ex, it sounded like. And uh, I always thought that concept ruled, and then they just abandoned it for like that stupid shit Space that they fucking Viking did. Nonsense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, what the fuck? Was, I was. Ugh. But yeah, I hated that game. Uh, cool documentary, though. Check it out. Um, I also played a little bit of games. I mean, I'm still I'm still contending with Tactics Ogre. It's it's a, a beast. It's an unwieldy beast. 
I'm going to have a lot to say about that game when it's finally over. Uh, I played Hotline Miami and beat it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I didn't even um, know you were playing it. That game is neat. Yeah, that was the first time I played it. Um, it was pretty interesting. Uh, like it's it's weird because it's like I kind of see like why everybody kind of liked it. Uh, I'd say that was like probably one of the vanguards of indie games. Like you know they got real popular at first. That was yes. one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was fun. It's got a nice pick up to pick up and play element to it. Like a lot of those other games don't really. Uh, but it's not without some little issues about it. I don't like like the enemies all look the same and the graphics aren't that good. And sometimes when you, you down so many of them and they get in a big pile, you can't tell who's really dead or not. And that can fucking bite you in the ass. So I I haven't played two yet. I don't know if the enemy variety, like their appearance and the graphics get more clear. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The aesthetic of that game though is still fun. What did you think of the soundtrack? It was pretty cool. Uh, it's like fucking house music, basically like, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. I guess, and it was, it, was, it was pretty neat though. Like it, I, I liked it. Um, pretty good game, I think. I don't know that I liked it as much as everybody else did, but like looking back on it, but I do, I do think it's pretty good. Uh, I got my analog pocket in uh, finally, so you know somebody keeps their promises about these lofty uh, hardware pre-orders at least. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've been fucking around with it though, and it's been pretty great. Uh, I'd say it's really worth it if it's like something like you want to get into handheld gaming and you don't have like a Game Boy Advance player and you want a Game Gear, but you don't want to contend with like the old Game Gear hardware and shit, you know. And you you don't, you don't want to do that. You don't because the electronics in them are. They're not that good, and the screen. This I, I've got a Nomad, and I never liked the screen on the Nomad, so the Game Gear one's not going to be as good as that. Game Gear screen sucks. It eats batteries like a son of a bitch, and unless you buy one that has been recapped, meaning they opened it and replaced all the little caps, you're just buying time bomb. You're you're wasting your money. You're throwing it throwing it in the trash. So I what I was what I was trying to do for years was find one where somebody recapped it. And they installed like one of those newer L- LCD screens that are a lot better, mm-hmm. a lot clearer and stuff. Uh, and I could never find one for like what I thought was like a decent price. Like they all overcharged it to hell. Yeah, it's just it's such a niche thing, and the the labor is like very not easy. So I think that's where all the charges come from. It's, I can never find one lower than like four hundred dollars typically, and like. Some there was a guy I bought some games off of like home not homebrew uh, reproductions and stuff from before and he offered a service like that, but he quit doing it or something like you know so and it was for a fair price too and that bummed me out and I basically gave up on the whole idea until the analog pocket got announced and I was like oh shit maybe I can get that and I could finally get this Game Gear fix I've been fiending for since like the mid nineties and could never play one. Cause I never could get one. <laughs> mm. uh, and uh, that's what I've basically been doing. I've been kind of slowly buying game gear games over like the past few years, just cause I thought I could buy one or something. And that happened and it worked. And I've been playing like columns, super columns, 
which is different from columns. It's super, super duper columns. Super uber duper columns. columns. Isn't it column, column 64? Three? No, it's not. Col- it's actually a different game. Um, and then uh, what else did I get? I got a couple X-Men games. They're pretty cool. Uh, I haven't played through them totally yet. There's a pretty cool Power Rangers game. It's interesting. Uh, it's like kind of like a beat-em-up, but also kind of like a fighting game in the way that it plays. Uh, it kind of reminds me of the show a little bit. You know how like when they would get like attacked by like putties or like weird enemies or whatever the shit? It's like they just appear and then they fight them. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that. Like you're on the screen and then like enemies just jump into frame and then you fight them. <laughs> it's oh, kind of like interesting. Static beat them up. Yeah, you got to think it's like an 8-bit like handheld. Yeah, uh, that kind of makes so sense. Within those that, limitations. Is the X-Men is the X-Men game or the Beast Wars game? Or is that one of them? Uh no. Uh I don't think there's a Beast Wars game on there. There was yeah. Beast Wars yeah, I can't. I thought I thought that's what it was called. There's I can't remember the name of it. I'd have to look it up. There's, There's like three X Men games that are pretty cool. Yeah, and, uh, I, I remember I had one. That's why it's killing me. I don't remember what it is. Um, what else do I got? I got Shinobi Two for it, which is like rad as shit. I know that game's gonna rule. It plays different from the others, though. It's it kind of reminds you a little bit more like uh, uh, Ninja Gaiden. A little bit, not in like the difficulty of it, but just how like the general gameplay is. There's some really neat stuff. Sega tried really hard on the Game Gear. They had a bunch of cool games come out for it, and a bunch of unique versions of popular Genesis games come out for it. But yeah, the public was like, I got, I got a Game Boy, I got a Game Boy, man. Oh, that Pokemon's out. Fuck you. Yeah, I, I went. I even researched it a little bit. I'm like, what happened to the Game Gear? I don't because I, I never really fully understood that story, like why it didn't really succeed. Uh, and yeah, it mostly boils down to like battery life and cost. Uh, and uh, apparently, like yeah, Sega did try pretty hard with some of their own games, but they also uh, there's it was a little half-hearted at the same time. It was weird. It's like whatever games they did put out on it, they were quality. But they weren't trying as hard to support it, maybe, as they should have. Uh, uh, and they were probably spread too thin, too, because you got to think, at that time, they were running the Sega CD. They, they're, the 32X came out. So, they're like, supporting four platforms. Then the Saturn comes out while they're still supporting the game year. Woof. And then they were like, eh, Sonic Labyrinth, anyone? And everyone was like, pass. I'm going to try it. <laughs> I'm gonna look for Sonic Labyrinth. <laughs> but, uh, is it, yeah, is it ho- included on uh, Sonic Origins Plus? It I don't be- remember. I got a bunch. Check. Of, there's like nine Game Gear games on that thing. I need to double check that. It might be on there. Um, I think it is. Yeah, I can't find it. I'm hunting down Game Gear games. There's a few Japanese ones that have been translated too, like cool stuff. Like there's a Fantasy a star adventure game that kind of has like RPG elements to there's, it. There's a unique fantasy star and a unique shining force on the game gear. Not like kind of remade or something. Oh, there's three shining force games on the game gear mm. and two of them got remade in the shining force CD. That's what it is. Okay. Uh, shining force final conflict is the unique one that stayed only on final the conflict. Clearly it wasn't the final one. And it's between one and two, apparently. So it's like, it's not very final. <laughs> what the final, final at all? Finalish. 
They wanted to be like, hey, it's, a fi- it's an RPG and it's got final in the name. What's that make you think of? Come buy our game. <laughs> There's a sweet Sailor Moon platformer beat em up game on there. Uh, <laughs> There's a there's a mech game uh, called like me, me, Metal Head or some bullshit and it looked cool and like apparently it's been translated in English so I'm like yeah I want to play that um, yeah it's gonna be fun to hunt those down but I'm also gonna seriously look for Game Boy Color stuff and uh, or Game Boy and Game Boy Color um, now is the time Game Boy stuff is affordable I'm telling I'm telling everyone if you want yeah, Game, Boy also, and Game Boy Color games now 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 I didn't really go back up. Yeah, I didn't really notice this before until like like now, but I've noticed like people don't really talk about handheld games that much online. Like they it's don't. very specific instances. It's like the Castlevania games on Game Boy Advance and DS and shit. I really thought the analog pocket was going to change that, but I think there's just so few of them in the wild. All it really is is a few like niche YouTubers inter- being like, "I got it. It's pretty. I like it." And there's it hasn't really done anything beyond that yet. I just don't think there's as much interest for it. Because, like, I mean, let's be real, though. If people really wanted to play those games, you can just sail the seas and, like, play it on an emulator and, yeah. if you really wanted to play something. Yep, that's, that's uh, the way to do it. So I think there's just less interest in those games just because of what they are, uh, unfortunately. Foolish. Uh, it's fun. Yeah, but, I found out, by the way, the game, it's just literally the X-Men, just X-Men on Game Gear. And what I was thinking of was X-Men 2 Clone Wars, which is just Genesis. That's on Genesis. And that's a different I game altogether. That's a different game altogether. Exactly. Ass. Yep. The game is, is interesting. It's very fun. It is. Uh, I have it sitting right over there on the shelf. So. Um, uh, that's all my gaming stuff. Uh, I read uh, a comic book, too, and that's pretty. That's going to put a cap on everything I did. <laughs> I read a Wolverine uh, Nick Fury compilation because they had a few one shots together in like they the nineties. No, uh, they actually <laughs> fight each other a lot. They get mad. Oh, rude. One uh, one of the stories they call it Scorpio because apparently there was a bad guy named Scorpio and it turned out to be like Nick Fury's brother and like he got fucking killed in a fight one time with him. Uh, Scorpio. And appara- yeah, apparently his brother's son comes back as a bad guy and he takes over the Scorpio persona and he's like killing people and shit. And then he killed one of Wolverine's friends and he gets mad and he's like, nobody kills my friends, Bob. And he's like, going to fucking kill him because that's what happens. <laughs> and Nick Fury's like, you can't kill him. He's my nephew. He's like, Bobby killed my friend. And it's like, it's that, you know, <laughs> uh, macho tough guys arguing and trying to fight a bad guy. Um, Cool, good art. Howard Shaken wrote it. Uh, he's he's solid, um, and the art was pretty good too. Uh, the twist was that Scorpio, this this new one, is actually Nick Fury's son. <laughs> that he didn't know about. <laughs> dun dun dun. Because it was kept from him. Uh, uh, so that was the twist, and at the end they they let him live uh, because that changes everything. <laughs> and, uh, the second story was a lot cooler, uh, in my opinion, because it was just about Wolverine uh, wanting to kill a pedophile. <laughs> I mean, sometimes like, you just you just need him to go full fucking Hanson, right? Like, <laughs> the most extreme version <laughs> of Chris Hansen. But no, like it's more than that. Like I, I I stupidly simplified it. Like this guy is like a notable drug dealer and shit, but he's also like a, a known pedophile. 
And um, <laughs> what do you do with those wine coolers, bub? Like, like he's one of those. <laughs> Sorry, like, have, have a berserker barrage. Just, just, just have, a, have a berserker barrage. Could you please sit down on my claws? <laughs> <laughs> he was like a Jeffrey Epstein guy, but he also dealt drugs, I guess. And um, like he was just Jeffrey Epstein. He's kind of yeah. And then uh, Nick Fury. Well, the whole thing with him was, like, he was retiring. This guy was going to retire from drug dealing, and he was going to, like, I guess make a deal with the government so he could get away and shit. So, S.H.I.E.L.D. is like, you have to protect him. Nick Fury's like, fuck, I don't want to protect this piece of shit, but it's my job. (laughs) (laughs) And then Wolverine's like, get out of the way, Bob. I hate this motherfucker. And Nick Fury's like, I promise to protect him. It's my job. And they have, like, this kind of a cool fight, actually, where they just beat the shit out of each other. And... Wolverine beats him, and then he, he kills that motherfucker, and, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that's all you need. Whiz, gosh. Sometimes it's all you need. It's like that time Ghost Rider and Punisher teamed up and fought the Son of Satan. And that's it was just cool shit. It's, it's all. It's Blackheart, you know. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, I only forgot uh, about that storyline. <laughs> that story fucking ruled. Uh, but um, then there was uh, the third story was uh, it involved Scorpio coming back and um, Wolverine and Nick Fury are in like a war zone and like he runs off because the Scorpio guy does because he's from this post Soviet Union Eastern Bloc country and apparently he's gonna he wants to go back to his homeland and shit and stop the war and he's mad because he can't beat Nick Fury in a fight because he's just his shitty little son. <laughs> it's like a Titus Jack kind of thing. <laughs> Titus Jack. Do you Titus? Titus. <laughs> Fucking yeah. But anyway, like that one was like the least good because it had like weird art. Uh, it was like the nineties was great for art, but sometimes there were artists that could, that would draw weird and it didn't look like it looked bizarre. They wanted to be special. Well, they, he was, he was special. All right. Maybe not in the right way. Um, like if I, if I really had to put it, pin it down, it's like he saw Todd McFarlane and he thought, man, I really want to draw like Todd McFarlane. And he kind of can't, <laughs> it's in that style, but it's not the same. Uh, and the script wasn't as good. It's just, it, that one was the most boring one. I, I barely remember anything about it because honestly, not a lot went on. It was kind of disappointing let down. <laughs> After two pretty good stories, the, the middle one especially. Uh, cool story. Cool. Overall, it's it's a decent compilation if you like those characters. It's worth a shot. I got it cheap. Like, I think $5 cheap. Whoa. Nice. Nice. That's it. That's it. All right. Did um, it. So it's going to be weird how it's signing off because we're going to have post-production dubs do a sign-off on where you can catch all uh, Big Trouble Little Podcasts. And, uh, but I, we can say that the next episode we will be discussing Reanimator. Uh, so remember to watch that movie and then go listen to the Reanimator uh, episode, which is episode 255. But until next time, guys, we will see you in the next video. Thanks for listening. Or episode. Bye. <laughs> Email us if you know if you know how to turn this off. Hey, 
It is me, post-production dubs, or AKA PP dubs. And uh, you just listened to Big Trouble Little Podcast. Hope you liked the episode. If you want to catch more of our episodes, we're on all podcast services. I can name them all, but I'll give you the top two, Spotify and iTunes. Make sure you give us a review on there. We would appreciate that and catch some clips that we post on YouTube as well. We love to do shorts uh, and show you our faces sometimes. And maybe we will release the full video if people want to see our ugly faces. But until next time, see you in the next episode. Peace.